It is revolting. More? Please. Well disaster like eating a burrito before sex hey horror fans ring that bell school's in session welcome to our 81st episode called that back to school episode the faculty loves its student bodies we know we're a tad tardy with this episode but we do have a hall pass from the front office and the principal's totally cool with it so boys and girls tonight we'll be covering the extremely silly horror comedy film Student Bodies from 1981 and The Faculty from 1998. All this in a brand new Kids Corner with Nate where he chats about his very first viewing of Scream from 1996. So you could say that that horror show podcast goes back to high school tonight with this episode. So Chris, how are you doing tonight, young man? Did you do all your homework? I mean, you ready for that fifth period health test? Not really. You know what? School sucks. (laughs) I don't want to go back. Christopher, that's not the right mindset. <laughs> oh, come on. Hey, look, I, I, I'll be honest. I never really liked school when I went to school. I mean, I was just happy that I passed and survived and, you know, got to do adult shit. That's all that mattered to me. I didn't really, you know, I was I was a little more advanced than everybody else, believe it or not. Now, does that mean that I have at my my ripe age of 39 it means that I, you know, it, it, have learned a lot more uh yeah but not certainly in a classroom <laughs> but, <laughs> but oh. yeah no but i i am ready for the class tim uh teacher tim i'm ready to um to uh, delve into this episode in which we talk about these two movies and hopefully we uh have uh, something interesting to say about them I, I know for a fact that the first one were a little um uh light yeah, a little light, but uh, we'll get to it. We'll get to it. But anyways, not much going on with me. Just trying to get all set up for fall season. Uh, you know, I got to do a bunch of things around the house. I got to mow the lawn again because it rained for two weeks. I, as I as I told Tim before we were recording, it rained for two weeks. And the grass is all nice and green and pretty. Uh, a lot better than when it was in the middle of the summer. And, uh, <laughs> And I'm yeah. going to mow it, but I keep great just in time. Off. Just in time for fall. <laughs> yes, yes. But I was going to mow it, but I keep putting it off because I'm so busy. And then, you know, now two weeks, and it's getting much taller than it was. Than it's supposed to be, and I, I just got to take care of it. And and then I got to also clean up the backyard patio set and put things away in the shed and clean out the shed. I mean, but I got vacation coming up, so maybe I can like squeeze the shed uh, stuff in later. But I will say this. You know, Christopher, that's not how vacation works, right? I know that's not how vacation works, but unfortunately, Tim, when you're involved in home ownership, uh, yeah, participate in home ownership. Go on. That, that's more like a, that's more, that type of assignment is like okay, when you do things on your vacation, like you know, putting patio stuff away in your in your shed, 
that's not really like hard work. You can no. like take the entire day to do that. Yes, as and then have a few scotches in between moving yeah, each yeah. patio as, furniture as piece. Opposed, <laughs> as opposed to coming home from work and doing some of it in the later afternoon <laughs> and tiring yourself out, and then you're just like, ah, oh, for God's sake, I can't. You know, so that's the good thing about the vacation is I can do that on a day or two, and then the rest of the week I'm just like, eh, whatever, I'm done. But I'm going to eat Cheetos in the beanbag chair in my underwear. <laughs> right, right. But the other problem is, is that... Um, so the last couple of days it was really warm and nice outside and then yesterday it turned cold and it was just like i think it was like 67 or or, or, no i'm sorry more like 58 and i was just like and i've got like you know i'm wearing sandals on and you know the shorter shirts and i'm going to crop tops (laughs) go out to my car and i'm like oh my god jesus christ i didn't think it was gonna be this cold (laughs) i just have this uh, listeners i just have this mental picture of chris in a crop top with daisy duke shorts and sandals you know getting into a camaro (laughs) (laughs) and acting like it's so warm outside don't worry about it and it's 1980 something But yeah, that's pretty much all that's going on on my end. How about uh, you, Tim? I'm sure now. I'm sure that as you are a homeowner, a husband, and a parent. Yes. Two kids. Yeah, well, yes. Yeah, <laughs> we got to preface that. Yes, kids. Yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah. You you have a lot going um, on. Yes, and I will definitely make this shorter than uh, last episode. Um, yeah, school just started back uh, up in September. Obviously, this getting this episode out a little late, like we like I mentioned earlier. But uh, yeah, things are, are are good. Things are busy and crazy. Uh, my son just started middle school, which is sixth, uh, seventh, and eighth, uh, uh, or junior high for some people out there. And my daughter just turned going to fourth grade. So yeah, everything is going well. Uh, you know, I work for the school district, so it's just it's a lot going on all at once, all the time. Um, Real briefly, my son uh, and his football team, I mentioned last episode, they were, I think, 2-0 or 1-0 at the time. They are now 6-0. Now, uh, they'll be playing again tomorrow. And for point of reference, it's we're recording this episode on uh, October 7th, 2023. And we're going against a really tough team, and I hope we can win. Um, it'd be nice to go undefeated, but right now, we've even if we lose the next two games, we'll be uh, we'll have a winning record at 6-2 or, you know, God willing, 8-0. But... Anyway, I digress. Uh, my son, he made the uh, travel baseball team, which uh, single A, which he was really happy with. Um, the kids really worked hard, and it, so he's and his friends made it. So it's just it's a wonderful that's a wonderful experience for him. Uh, my daughter has her sec- her actually second uh, gymnastics competition actually tonight. Um, so she's doing very well in her her respective uh, field uh, gymna- uh athletic field so yeah and everything's good just real busy and uh just hustling 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 and like you said you gotta mow the grass and take care of things and put away patio furniture and i gotta do the same because now that my in-laws are back in romania i've got to mow the lawn now and i don't wanna but i have to because i have to put out the halloween decorations like tomorrow (laughs) so yeah that's all i've got for what's going on with me with that, the period has ended, and it's time to head to our Kids' Corner segment with Nate. We'll be back shortly after the Kids' Corner segment with the Student Bodies trailer, and then Chris's A-plus synopsis of Student Bodies. Be back soon. Hi, I'm Nate, and welcome to Kids' Corner with my dad, Tim. Hey, that's me. Uh, Kids' Corner will cover family-friendly films and TV shows. 
and maybe not so family friendly movies. <laughs> so, listen in. Same, some stupid killer stalking some big-breasted girl who can't act who's always running up the stairs when she should be going out the front door. It's insulting. There are certain rules that one must abide by in order to successfully survive a scary movie. Number one, you can never have sex. Under any circumstances, say, I'll be right back. Because you won't be back. Get another beer, you want one? Yeah, sure. I'll be right back. Who did he make the rules? The police are always on track. If they watch Palm Night, they save time. He just kills by them. Don't answer the phone. Don't open the door. Don't try to hide. Hello, welcome back to Kids Corner. I'm Nate and I'm here with my dad. Hey, buddy, how's it going? Good. Yeah, so now uh, football season is over. Yep. Um, and the uh, sixth grade uh, boys tackle football team uh, was in, I think we were in first place or second place? I think first, like, first place, we only lost once. One game, but I, yeah, I, I'll double check it. But I believe we're in second because we were, we were in first, but we were seven and one. We lost, but yeah. one team. So, but uh, had a great experience. Good, good times uh, with football. Football's now over. Uh, now, Nate, why don't you tell the dear listeners uh, what you did in the off, what you have been doing in the off season? Playing basketball. You you're on you're on, you're on a and basketball team. And playing a lot of video games. Right, but they're also you made the travel baseball team. Yes, okay, way to go, Nate. So now <clears throat> we had a very very busy schedule, so we're trying to fit this uh little recording in right now. So Nathaniel, what is the film we re- recovering for this month? Scream from nineteen ninety six. Scream from nineteen ninety six. All right. Ah! <laughs> Scream two screaming he's still screaming <laughs> all right so nate why don't you tell us what the good people at wikipedia have to say about uh scream from 1996 no why would i okay. this is your show right it's it's my show but your segment fair point all right <laughs> Scream, a 1996 American slasher film directed by Wes Craven, written by Kevin Williamson, 
Star it starred David Arquette, Nev Campbell, Courtney Cox, Matthew Lillard, Rose McGrown. R- Rose McGowan, yeah. Um, Screet Ultra Ul- Skeet Ulrich. Screet Ulrich and Drew Barrymore. The set in the set in the small American town of Woodsboro, Scream plot follows high school student Sydney Prescott Campbell and all of her friends who on the anniversary of her mother's murder become the targets of a costume serial killer known as Ghostface. Ooh, scary. So, Nate, what I really th- like the tagline of the movie. It says, it does someone has been taking scary movies one step too far. Yes. Because in this day and age, baby, you gotta have a sequel! <laughs> <laughs> Kim's gonna be bigger, <laughs> yes. So, Nathaniel, this is your first time viewing this film. Um, we watched this uh, last week. So, what did you think of it after your first viewing? Perfect, perfect, down to the last minute details. Okay, wow. All right, so Nate, uh, uh, giving uh, give on a scale of one to ten, ten being super scary, one being not scary, what would you give this film? A five, mainly because of the opening scene. Okay. Everything else. Was I thought you would rate it a little bit higher, but okay, five. Five. I'm ba- I am basically rating this scary factor off the opening scene. I oh. hated the opening scene. Oh. I mean, it wasn't bad. It just did. It, it, it scared you. It, 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 it was. It was like um. It it was suspenseful. I didn't like. But that was the whole point. That's the tag. That's to pull you in. And wasn't the person that died? Oh, she, wasn't she like the one of the bigger actors during that time period? Yes, her she name was, Drew um, Barrymore. Yeah. She was a, a very uh, she was a very successful child actor in the eighties. She started she was in such films as E. T. She starred in uh, the Stephen King's The Firestarter. She was been in a uh, dozens yeah. of movies. Uh, uh, by this by this moment by this time she's been in a dozen of movies and, and television shows and but go on to to have her being posted up on all like the posters. Yeah. And, and this things is, and cover arts and stuff just to have her die within the first 10 minutes yeah that's that that was that was the that was a great at the time a great ploy a great trick by kevin williamson and uh Wes craven to um kill off one of the most ma- i mean the other stars are up and coming Beth campbell was on a hit tv show called party of five um you had matthew lillard skeet ulrich jamie kennedy they were all and, and rose mcgowan they were all and then the- well, they were all relatively new to the scene at this point but they all had they had certain brushes with fame they had certain they weren't a well established name just yet like a drew barrymore but go on like the um, guy from the, the guy that played shaggy in the i forget Yes, yeah. Matthew Lillard. Yeah. But he didn't get that role until well after but, Scream. Yeah, the the live action came out in two thousand two. Yeah, so this was so yeah, he's at this point he's still relatively unknown. Like I said, a lot of these a lot of the uh, West Craven cast, a lot of up and comers, uh, and they all went on to have pretty successful careers to varying degrees. Um <clears throat> so Nate, you said you gave it a five based on the opening sequence, and but yeah, the 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 one who had the most star power at the time was Drew Barrymore. Um, now, getting back to the film, after the opening sequence, we're introduced to the range of characters. Um, yeah, like the, the main group, yeah. Yeah, uh, Randy. From being... the start, I knew, I I didn't know who the killers were. I went through, like, what if it was um Sydney's dad? What if it was, but then I went to, it's got to be someone within the group. There's yeah. no way it isn't. 
Well, I they they successfully uh, do a lot of uh, good uh, fakes and red herrings to try to to lead the uh, viewer uh, down a certain path. Like Hella didn't know the first the first ghost face was two people. Uh, yes, yes, um, and it, it was I I remember watching this film for the very first time in a movie theater. Uh, I went on a date uh, with a girl, and uh, it was uh, I remember just really really thoroughly enjoying this film and i i was really taken back by the clever the wit uh the the, the easter eggs for horror fans uh at that time and i have seen this movie more times than i that i care to remember i'm like because i forget um and i don't mean that as a as, as, as disrespectful but i'm like it is. It You've is, seen it so many times you can't remember because it's so good. Yeah, I've bought this film on VHS when it first came out. I bought it on DVD. I bought it on Blu-ray. Um, I've got, I think, the last one on 4K, I believe. Scream Six. Uh, the, yes, the last one that just yeah, came Scream out. 6. So, um, I absolutely adore this uh, film franchise, um, through its ups and downs, and uh, you know, to me. I really, uh, as a remember seeing it for the first time, like you did. I would rate it higher. I would rate it more like a, a seven on on the fear factor for me. Um, but I just, I was just, and I loved it. Um, now, Nate, let's get to your uh, top three kills or top three favorite moments of this film. Okay, um, can I just say something real quick? Sure, go ahead. It's, your, it's your segment. When I was watching the kill count off, um, off, um. Um, on a YouTube channel. Um, I remember him saying in the Jurassic Park sequence how, uh, you know, the, um, who does, um, Jeff Goldblum play? Um, he plays one of the scientists. I forget his yeah, name. Yeah. He, he, um, when he looks at the big pile of, um, shit. Yeah, the big pile of shit. And then he says, uh, as he takes into a glimpse of the future of what the rest of the Jurassic Park franchise would be. And I remember him saying something about Scream Six also being not that, or not sorry, not six, um, three being not that good. And I remember, did it just clicked for me? Oh, like, okay, good, good. Okay, like just replace that with um, with with um, Sydney in perfect. Okay, okay. So Nate, now, what are your top three moments of the film? Can I pick a scene? You can pick a scene. Last ten minutes. <sighs> first, 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 best, best part, best part. <sighs> So when when we find out that uh, Billy is is the killer and What's, so uh, Stu and Billy and Stu are the killers, you yeah. and, and they're chasing you <laughs> chasing you around the house. I remember, I remember, um, uh, um, because in a later interview, um, that when she dressed up as Ghostface and hiding in the supply closet, um, oh Sydney, yeah, um, uh, she the actually, closet, yeah, the coat closet, just the she, closet, she, yeah. um, she missed his um protective padding, so she actually stabbed him with the umbrella. Yeah. Oh, 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 oh in a bad yeah. thing. Okay, okay. All right. So Nate, so you like like the last ten minutes of the the, the big fight scene and the big the big reveal of yeah. uh, and the killings. Um. All right. So Nate, what's number two for you? Um, number two's um the the school scene with Wes Craven as the janitor. Oh okay okay and, and how and how um Sydney slides under Ghostface and Ghostface and he goes crashing into the um sink in oh, high oh, school oh in the bathroom okay yeah. all right so that that's that's I side. just found that hilarious okay and 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 your final and your third and final God um probably the opening scene okay it so was scary but also good 
Okay. Okay, fair enough. So Plus uh, I really like the line where um where they were talking about Friday the thirteenth about um and she said the answer was Jason uh, and he said the wrong answer and she she's uh, Oh I've uh, seen that movie a million fucking times. Yeah. Uh, Jason didn't appear to number two, it was Mrs. Voorhees. No, no, Jason didn't appear until the sequel. And Mrs. Voorhees was the original killer. Ah yes, yes, yes. And you just see the look of sheer panic that comes over her face. Now, for me, while I adore this movie, the uh, for me the silliest death scene, and Raj. it's been it's been done to death. I mean, we've everybody's talked about it to death, but it's the um, <clears throat> garage door scene with uh, with Sydney's best friend. I, I forget her. I forget her character yeah. name at the moment. Hell, but... even Ghostface looked surprised. Like that actually worked. <laughs> right, right. Well, yeah, she tries to escape through a doggy door in the garage, and then the garage door picks up this. Well, let's say relatively 80, 90 garage pound or motors. Garage doors do have motors. Or like not strong enough motors to Right. That's 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 the joke. That's the joke. Um uh, so I, I I thoroughly enjoyed that hokey uh kill scene. Um I thought the rest of the kills were fantastic, but that one was just like what the fuck was going on there? And dear listeners, if you can hear that, that's our, our little dog Peyton in the other room uh going ballistic over something. Anyway, so uh, uh, Rose McGowan's character Wait, what happened getting killed sh- by the doggy door is possibly the funniest and stupidest kill of the movie. But go on, what did um, you say? Would the janitor have died because of um, Scream? Because when he went back to his office, does did Scream like sneak past? Ghostface, you mean? Yeah, or did he come from where where the office was? Like he was. Oh, on the office. I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't. I don't. Think... I remember he scared himself twice with the. Oh, you talk about the principal, yeah, not the, principal. the janitor. The, the principal. Yeah, he scared himself twice. With yeah, the, the Fonz, uh, Henry Winkler, uh, playing the uh, the principal of Woodsboro, Woodsboro High, and um, yeah. So I really thoroughly enjoyed this movie. I give a thumbs up, Nate. You give this movie a thumbs up. Thumbs up. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, likable cast. Uh, great writing a great direction uh the dialogue is snappy my favorite character was randy the uh the movie horror, horror movie geek who also worked at the video store back in the day mine was probably either randy or the um the, the dewey, dewey. dewey deputy dewey yeah deputy dewey he is um he, he's quite remember, the character and you're gonna like how his character evolves over the next few films i rem- i remember how um how uh when Scream was chasing her around her house. And that's and not Scream, it's Ghostface. Ghostface was um chasing her around the house and then Billy just popped up. Yeah. She got it right, but there was no evidence. Yes, yes, and, yes. And plus her her running down the stairs away from Billy and just to open the door and find Dewey with the mask on. Yeah, with yeah. With the gun pointed. Yes, yes, yes. I um so that's just the top on the cake. Right. But, but we also got Gio Weathers too, yeah. played by the Awesome, Courtney Cox, uh, big star, uh, one of the big stars of Friends back in the day. Uh, you just see, it's a who's who of uh, of stars in this film um, nowadays. <clears throat> so, it gives a thumbs up, right? Thumbs up, yeah. I give it a thumbs up. All right. So, um, would you recommend this to one of your sixth grade buddies on your a baseball team, basketball team, football team, classmate? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. All right. So, Nate, before we bounce out of here for this month's uh, edition of Kids Corner, why don't you tell the dealerships what will can they expect from our next episode? The Predator. 
from 20, I believe, 18, right? Yeah, 2018. Yeah. So, 2018, we're, we're, we're kind of rounding out the Predator franchise, and uh, yeah. We've, that's the last movie in the franchise. I, I, I believe so. I want them to make another one. Uh, that that would be swell, but I think they went back and then they went and they did the prequel Prey instead. I know. I I just I just I I just love the Predator series so much. <laughs> all right. Except maybe for the second. So all right, Nate. Why don't you uh lead us out? Tell say goodnight to everyone. This has been Nate and Tim on Kids Corner. Good night. All right. Take care. from every horror film you've ever seen. You know me. First, I terrorize my victim by the telephone. <laughs> then I choose my murder weapon. A gun? Nah, too easy. A hatchet? Nah, I always use a hatchet. For this movie, I want something very frightening and deadly. Ah. Then I climb the stairs to surprise my victims. Why do they always live upstairs? This movie's a comedy, so killing's not so easy. Sugarless. The movie's called Student Bodies, so I picked the typical American high school. This is Mr. Peters, your principal. Mr. Peters! You're naked! Yes, Toby. All these years I've been secretly naked underneath my clothes. Meet the rest of the faculty. The shop teacher, the guidance counselor, the janitor with the IQ of a handball. What's he doing? Sex education teacher. This is totally unnecessary, ugly, and gets in the way. Everybody's into sex. Last night he gave me a hickey right here. And your mother? She also told me that sex was bad and dirty. Uh, but only with my father. With everyone else, she said it was great. <laughs> I'm into murder myself, and student bodies are going to be everywhere. <laughs> Dead bodies down, Phil. 15-yard penalty. <laughs> Bodies.
killer comedy. Ladies and gentlemen, in order to achieve an R rating today, a motion picture must contain full frontal nudity, graphic violence, or an explicit reference to the sex act. Since this film has none of those, and since research has proven that R-rated films are by far the most popular with the movie-going public, the producers of this motion picture have asked me to take this opportunity to say, fuck you. Okay, Christopher, take it away, nerd. Ah, okay, so we have Student Bodies from 1981, directed by Mickey Rose and an uncredited Michael Ritchie, and written by Mickey Rose. Ah, the 1980s. The horror genre was in full swing during that period, thanks to the likes of independently produced horror such as Halloween and Friday the 13th. And so, because of those two films, formula-based concepts of a masked serial killer stalking and slashing teenagers having illicit sex, there was no end to the many cash-ins and copycats that followed. Oh, well, as the old saying goes in Hollyweird, everybody wants to be first to be second. But, <laughs> but in the 1980s, it also gave rise to the wacky comedy genre known as the self-referential parody. Paramount Pictures released Airplane, a ridiculous now classic comedy conceived by Jim Abrams, David Zucker, and Jerry Zucker. That was a send-up. Love that flick. <laughs> right? Which was a send-up over the whole disaster film genre of the 1970s. But to be fair, Airplane was technically a send-up of an early serious disaster film called Zero Hour in 1957, which featured Dana Andrews and Linda Darnell. But no matter. Airplane did well at the box office, and somebody had the bright idea to take the spoof comedy and subvert it to the horror genre. The result? Student Bodies, a horror slasher spoof that predates the scary movie franchise. So then, the spoof, or I mean the story, uh, <laughs> such as it is, uh, involves a serial killer who is stalking and slashing the students at Lamba High School. <laughs> the killer is given the name The Breather because, well... He breathes a lot. And when I say a lot, I most certainly mean a lot. Like he's <laughs> like that. Anyways, as the body count rises, young Toby Badger, played by Kristen Ritter, and her horny but well-intentioned would-be boyfriend Hardy, played by Matt Goldsby, are hot on the, tra- on the killer's trail in silly Scooby-Doo style. But is there more to this whole scenario than meets the eye? Oh, and did I, did I forget to mention this is a comedy? Yes, that's student bodies, everybody. And um, so I saw this. Tim and I were talking before recording this, but just to repeat here for all of you listening, um, I saw student bodies many years ago when it came out on DVD. This film had not been seen, I think, since like maybe the VHS era. So, and and after its very brief theatrical release from Paramount Pictures. So, but I had heard about this movie. You know, it, it predated the scary movie franchise and any other spoofy Thor comedy yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. And I saw it, and truth be told, I was very underwhelmed by it at the time. And then many, 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 many years have passed <laughs> until here we are in 2023 where, you know, Tim mentioned, you know, here, here's the movie we're going to talk about. And I watched it on Amazon Prime and 
oh, you paid too much. Yeah, yeah. but It Lord, was on Pluto TV for free. <laughs> I know I should have, but I, I should have asked you. But anyways. And even then it was too expensive. But you know what? It was three bucks, <laughs> so whatever. Three dollars. That's not even like worth ten dollars by today's standards. But anyways. Can I have ten so, dollars? Uh, no, we may not. Anyways, <laughs> anyways, low these many years, seeing the movie again, I am just as underwhelmed by it as I was when I saw it years ago. And I, I kind of understand its intention of what it's trying to do, but I think the best way to describe this movie is what happens when you ride the coattails of a success like Airplane and say, well, let's make the same type of movie, but in a di- but spoofing a different genre. But instead of you know being very creative about it, let's just make the jokes forced and have everything you know decided by committee. And that's what Student Bodies feels like. It feels like, even though this movie wasn't made for a lot of money, from what I was reading about it, it does feel like this would have been conceived by studio hacks than by a creative, than by say a creative comedy team like uh, Jim, uh, Jim Abrams, David Zucker and Jerry Zucker. And, and it has to be said, those guys would have been a great addition to this movie, but instead they had other people. So, but yeah. uh, I don't know before we get into the, a little bit of this movie, Tim, what, what, what are your thoughts on, uh, on, on your so, first viewing of it? <laughs> this, this movie has been on my radar for a little while on and off. Um, and I was looking for the whole point of this was I was looking for uh, reviewing this film was I was looking for something for a back to school episode type kind of thing. So I'm like, there was a lot of different ones. I think we covered some of them, like Scream was a back to school high school slash. I'm like, we did that already in the Scream franchise, blah blah blah. So I was going down checking off the boxes, right? I'm like, oh, student bodies, and I remember seeing this uh, film in the video store as a wee lad, and, and really digging and kind of and actually as a young kid. The, uh, the, bo- the 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 artwork on the box kind of like freaking me out a little bit because it's a cheerleader and um you know with a, a skeleton with a thing in her mouth or whatever a, a, a cone right yeah uh, and or not a skeleton but like a, a dead body and I'm like oh like a shit dead cheer- I think it's a dead, a dead cheerleader, cheerleader a dead, yeah dead cheerleader with she's sitting in a, a in a high school uh, chair with desk and with a with a, with, a, with a, one of those high school with those cheerleader cones stuck in her mouth and obviously dead I'm like. And I saw that, and as a young child, that freaked me out. And as I got older, I'm like, oh, that's kind of cool. I like that artwork, you know, that really, you know, kind of speaks to me on some sort of level. I'm like, I, I dig horror that, I dig that kind of thing. But I never, ever rented the film for some one, whatever reason or another. Well, I got to say real quick, that poster, and I'm, yeah. looking, at, I'm looking at it right now because yeah. I'm on Wikipedia. And yeah. you could take out the humor of that poster and put in like a serious title. Actually, no, keep the student body's title. Right. Remove. But remove the the tagline, you know, at last the world's first comedy horror movie, thirteen and a half right. years plus, you know, yeah, and remove that, yeah, and maybe add a little bit of blood by the side of the yeah. girl's mouth with the 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 um the yeah. thing in her mouth. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking at the poster now. Yeah, it's it's not yeah. a cheerleader, and, but and, she's got a got co- a, a, a cone in her mouth. Yeah, yeah, you could t- absolutely sell that as a serious horror movie, even by today's standards. You could do oh, yeah. that. But, oh yeah. <laughs> so anyway, I want to just point that out. But anyways, go ahead. Yeah. So so I'm like I, I was I thought and then it was a comedy. I'm like oh okay that's kind of cool. And then I'm like oh it predates you know obviously Scream. It predates you know a scary movie. It predates all this stuff. I'm like well maybe it's maybe it's worth checking out. And uh, I didn't know you paid for it, Chris. I'm so sorry because uh, mm. it was on Pluto TV, the app for free. So guys, if you want to watch this film. And and gals, uh, you want to watch this film? 
please don't spend your money. <laughs> Just go rent it. Don't because make don't make my mistake. <laughs> don't spend the three dollars because you'll end up owing money. <laughs> you won't get your you won't get it back. Uh, my point being is I so I was looking forward to watching this, and I gotta say between the poster and the first five to eight minutes, I was like I was kind of digging it. I I, I got I, li- I like the silly over the top jokes about it's Halloween, Friday the thirteenth, and it's Jamie Lee Curtis's birthday, and yeah, uh, all, all this all, all this obviously like you said forced stuff and. Getting back to your point real quick, the reason why I was forced, and I, I believe, is because they didn't really have any writers. Because, huh, uh, what's new is old again, or what's old is new again, is there was a writer strike going back in the eight, early eighties, and they needed they needed to fill the void. So this is what you get when you when well, the writers go on strike. <laughs> there is a writer credited this. It's, it's it's the director Mickey Rose. Yeah. So so I'm, a, I'm well. I mean that yeah. But to be fair about that, even when you're on a write, even if you're not on a writer strike, I. Even if you get somebody on a project that can write but doesn't quite do spoof comedy as well, it doesn't really true, matter. True, true. You're kind but, of stepping all over my toes, though, Chris. <laughs> sorry, I'm just, I'm just saying. Like, imagine if this was made not during the writer's strike, we, and this is the same result. I, 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 I would hope be there, I'd be sitting here looking at you like saying, well, writer's strike or not, man. Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's a very thin uh, thread, and you're pulling at it. Um, no, I, the, the the point is, I, I think honestly, based on what you said about airplane and all the other the disaster spoof movies that and um, that were much much better, uh, I would hope you would think that it would be better. <laughs> well, don't Just forget, Par- don't forget, Paramount would then try to uh, capitalize on 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 the major success of Airplane with the movie Airplane Two. So as, well, as we all and as we all know, that movie didn't really well. Well, that but that, didn't but, really set the world of fire either. Right, but then then you got Top Secret with Val Kilmer, which is really funny. Right, right. Well, no, but but the, but the. The original team of airplane wasn't involved in the airplane too, so that's that's another reason why that movie true, didn't turn true, out well. True, true, You know, but the good news was Paramount said, okay, when we do Top Secret, we're bringing back the original airplane right. airplane team. Right, <laughs> so. and then you got then you got Hot Shots, and then Hot Shots Part right. Two, which right, right, just you know, it's it's you know, really, I I get the idea of trying to milk it, but once you do like a like a spoof of like a certain horror genre, like scary movie, the first scary movie was. Fine, the the, uh, the the parody. But then after so many sequels, you just run out of shit to talk about, you know? And yeah. it, it, it becomes just really just kind of, well, stupid. <laughs> anyway, but so watching this, I was I was really intrigued by the first five to eight minutes, and I, I kind of chuckled. And then after that, it just kind of went downhill very, very fast. And I'm like, oh, crap. <laughs> well, and you know, here's the other thing. I was talking to you about this off the air, but again, yeah. for everybody here that'd be interested. Um, so when I was when I was looking up the info on this movie, there was a particular name that, that struck me that was involved with this movie in an, incredi- in an, in an uncredited uh, way, uh, Michael Ritchie, who, um, you know, you would think... Well, put it this way: If you compare this movie to his other movies, you would kind of wonder what was the, what was the turning point here. Because, well, here I'll 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 name off some Michael Ritchie uh, films for people out there that you know you might have heard of, and you would all probably also say were are a lot better than and, Student and, Bodies. And, and if you're if so, you're the younger generation, just Google it. Yeah, or just yeah, uh, Downhill Racer with uh, from 1969 with Robert Redford and Gene Hackman. Uh, let's see here. Um, 
prime cut from 1972, also with with uh, Gene Hackman and Lee Marvin and a young sissy Spacek. Uh, that's a good movie. I saw that one. Uh, the Candidate from 1972 with Robert Redford. That's never a, heard of her. That's a, <laughs> her or him. That's a, that's a political satire comedy. I love Robert Redford. I'm be, making a joke. But I, know, I know. I know. Uh, Smile from 1975. It is a satirical comedy about um, beauty pageants with uh, Bruce Dern and uh, Barbara Feldon. Okay. Uh, let's see here. Let's see. Uh, uh, hold on a minute. Let's see. Uh, Bad News Bears from 1976. Now, is that that is that the one? I think that's the one with Walter Matthau, correct? Yes. Yeah, okay. Yes. All right. So, yeah. And, um, Semi-Tough from 1977 with Burt Reynolds and Chris Christopherson. BJ uh, Bear. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> An oh, almost, no. per- almost Perfect Affair from 79 with um, Keith Carradine and Monica Vitti. Oh, wow. Smoking <laughs> and, the Bandit. Uh, uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm giving you guys a hard time. I'm confusing people. Uh, the Island from 1980 with Michael Caine and David Warner. I mean. The guy from Jaws Revenge? <laughs> all right. Oh, oh, here's, a, oh here, here's a good one for you all. Uh, uh, Fletch from 85 with uh, some weirdo named. Um, uh, Chevy Chase. Anybody heard of that? God, uh, I want to say Risa Bell. Christmas Vacation, maybe? Although he did he did direct Fletch Lives and, you know, whatever. Oh, well, you, you can't win uh, them all. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, hey, he also did The Golden Child from 86 with uh, Eddie Murphy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and then, uh, oh, man. So, I mean, so, I mean, like, that's actually not a, not a bad kind of... I, I could see why he wanted to change, uh, you know, use a pseudonym name or uh, another name. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, that's still not a bad pedigree no, of no. like better movies under your belt. So yeah, there's so de- I, there's definitely more hits and misses there. <laughs> right. So um, yeah, and I just find it interesting that uh, Michael was involved in this movie in an uncredited fashion, and supposedly he did produce this under the uh, under the uh, the uh, screen name of Alan Smithy. So I mean. You know, if you understand the concept of the Alan Smithy credit, there was probably a little bit of uh, problems going on behind this thing. But anyways, yeah, I just wanted to point that out. And uh, another interesting trivia element in this movie is that uh, supposedly the character doing the... um, The breather? Yeah, the breather Uh is supposedly uh, Richard Belzer. Who credited under the name of Richard Brando? And, really? Uh, yeah, I, I and and um, huh? Okay. And, and as some of us might know, that um, uh, Richard passed away on February of uh, 2023. So, yeah, but, it was uh, sad. He was such yeah, a great. And, a- he was a great he, actor and well, a pretty was, good comedian. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I remember. Um, Dennis Miller talking about how back in the '70s, New York, it, Richard Richard was so omnipresent in the new york comedy scene he said it was so hard to like avoid him because he was just everywhere he was so yeah because he was just everywhere he was just dominating no. them in the new york comedy scene well but yeah and, and, I, and I fell in love with him that's i mean i found i found out he's a comedian much later in life but i my first mention of him was when he played a character on homicide life on the street which is a great television show if you ever get a chance to see it it's yeah. wonderful he plays a detective and i think he spawned that into um other where he guest appeared in other shows, maybe like Law and Order or other NBC like shows where he was always like a cop or a detective. But yeah, go on. 
but yeah, that's, um, that's pretty much it on that. Um, yeah, I, uh, yeah. So, uh, you know, it's going to be really hard yeah. to get into the story of this movie because this is actually one of the biggest mistakes student bodies makes is okay. So we were talking about airplane. If you right. remember airplane, Tim, you know, even though the movie has got like a ton of visual jokes galore, right? Oh yeah. yeah. You know, you still know what the story is about. It's about, Ted Stryker, played by Robert Hayes, <laughs> trying to get back with the stewardess. Uh-huh. Uh, I forget new, her name. Right, uh, right. As a plane is going, to, or yeah. a plane is so he, going so down. He, well, yeah, but he's also like a recovering war vet who used to fly in the war, and <laughs> they, you know, they need a pilot because the pilot got sick from the food poisoning, you know. And um, Leslie Nielsen is the doctor on there that's like trying to be like Mister, you know, stiff upper lip and everything, you know. So, so you remember the story still? It's not yeah. like the gags. You, you know, it, it all it all coheres. Right. Some bodies. The story is just like completely. It's- Completely, like it's, it's all, all over the place. It, 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 thank you. It, it is. It's really all over the place. I mean, I got on board with, like I said, the first five or ten minutes of the film, and I'm like, okay, where is this going to go? And I'm like, oh, it, it just, it, it just kind of meanders and kind of like, uh, you know, it, it goes in the different directions and it comes back, and then I'm like. I, I, I don't the jan, the whole janitor thing that used to be a school teacher just wasn't funny. I, yeah, it, I, it's just there's yeah there's like you really don't like and and even back to the airplane you remember the characters too because yeah. they're they're very nicely played and everything. Yeah. Here it's like everybody's trying their best and I give them credit, but you know it's like no one in this movie really has a character that feels defined or or memorable enough. Like like. And again, like you said, you mentioned, like none of the material is, is that funny. So, like, do you really like find anything memorable about, say, the 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 woodshop teacher that's making wooden wooden bookend horse heads? Uh, yeah. Or do you or do you do you like find anything funny about uh, Kristen Ritter as the the, the playing the role of Toby Badger, who's like trying to solve the 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 crime do you, do you like care about her boyfriend or her would-be boyfriend do you care about the principal do you care about the, the weirdo janitor i mean no you really yeah. don't because right. no one in this movie really is doing anything that's like really funny it's just... right and, and then there's the whole parade thing i kind of chuckled at that this is the best parade you're going to see today by this school you know yeah. or whatever i i thought that was mildly like i i, I chuckled i'm not gonna lie. but then yeah. you get to the you get to the football game and it's just so dumb i'm like i i well, get you. i, I I mean, I, I understand what they were doing. Like, they had the little kids play. Right, exactly. Guys yeah, I get that. Like, <laughs> but then, he, but but then, he, then they take it. To, I mean, I wouldn't say too far because it's not when you do when you do when you're doing comedy. You, you you see the line and then you purposely cross the line. However, it just it's but it's got to be funny. I, I I thought the kids going against like these big guys, like you got obviously a seven year old in a in a in you know in football pads going against obviously an adult, <laughs> right? And right. Th- there's a big like scrum. Or a, or a big pile on, right? And then the kid runs out and he goes into the pile, but then he comes out with just a helmet and his sneakers on and his and his boxer shorts and he's running. I'm like, <laughs> oh, okay. Um, all right. Yeah, it's, uh, a, it's it's the classic example of dumb, you know, again, airplane dumb jokes, but they land because they right. are. But they it's, are, smart, it's smart, are, dumb. it's smart, are, dumb. Yeah, they are clever. As opposed to the, the, you know, in student bodies, dumb jokes, hopefully you'll laugh at them. Probably yeah. not, but you'll be amused, won't you? Maybe. I mean, it, it's like, well, all right. 
But yeah, still, I mean, I, I mean, there, like I said, there are some funny moments, but out of the uh, whatever the hour and fifteen hour twenty minutes, I could probably well, say only about ten minutes is okay. Well, the opening sequence, I will agree with you, it does set up everything like fairly well, right? Like, you know, like the so you know we're introduced to um like the, the babysitter, right? He's, uh, he's like <laughs> babysitting somebody's kid, which by the way we, we never, never see. <laughs> Never anyway. ever don't even hear the kid, right? <laughs> right, right. But anyways, so actually it would have been funny if like there was one there, but it was just a dummy. <laughs> it's like well, why I, are you babysitting well, this dummy? Well, well, I, I, here's the, the thing. So I like the whole point where like I said, we, we see like it's Halloween, it's Friday the thirteenth, it's Jamie Lee Curtis's birthday. Then they cut to the late woman or the, the young teenager reading the magazine and the phone ring. She was like, Oh, it's 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 Janice, it's so and so. Oh hey, hi, how's it going? I'm like, I I don't know, I probably won't make it to the end of the night, you know? <laughs> like, yeah. It's it's very it's very that I that I enjoyed. I, I thought that was hilarious. Well, and the movie and the, and the thing about this opening sequence is it crams in you know all the the horror elements that you're familiar with. That I I would say familiar with today, where now it's become so cliched. Like okay, you got the babysitter alone. She's getting the phone calls from the breather, constantly breathing at her. Right. But back uh, then, there, there was only probably about 13 different horror movies out there. You had yeah. When a Stranger yeah. Calls, you had Black Christmas, you had, uh, you know, Halloween and Friday, uh, Friday 13th, 13th. And yeah. that's, and, and and no, Friday hasn't even come out. Friday didn't come out until 80, 83, 84. So we didn't no, have. No, wait, no, Friday the 13th came out in 80. It came no, out in 80. No, no, Friday the 13th. I'm saying, I'm sorry, did I say, no, I meant A Nightmare on Elm Street. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, I'm, sorry, sorry, yes, yes. Friday the 13th did come out in the 80s. And then, um, but yeah, but, but yeah, you, so you basically, yeah, you had, that's what I'm saying. I'm sorry, I was going too fast. Sorry. When a Stranger Calls, Black Christmas, Friday the 13th, all those kind of type films were, yes, they were parroting that and Halloween. But, but, I'm sorry, Nightmare on Elm Street and Freddy Krueger hadn't even been inve invented yet. I'm like, we we're talking two or three years down the road. So yeah, it's they they try, they try to cram all the 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 um all the funny I want to say up front. <laughs> yeah, and then um so 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 then you know okay the, no so then <laughs> so then in the opening sequence you know right. her her boyfriend like surprises her and, right. and you know and scares her and everything and then they're gonna go up and have sex and then the the boyfriend decides to like take a shower. No, wait, no, I think he, yeah. He, he does go in no, the shower. He, does he go in the shower? He goes in the shower. Oh, he goes in the shower. Okay, right. The and shower. She's, she's on the bed, like, waiting for him, be, trying to be all seductive, like, getting the mood lighting just right. Now, but, there is a part where the, when the breather breaks into the house, he opens up a drawer, and he's looking for, like, for a weapon. weapon to kill people. Yeah, that was, and there's, like, that was funny. And knife. Gun, knife. Plates, but he picks up what, Tim? Was it, oh, oh paperclip. And he unfolds the paperclip. Yeah, and he unfolds it to make it sharper, and then he's walking up the stairs, and as he keeps walking up the stairs, he's like, breathing, 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 and then he keeps cutting back to him, and he's like, oh, there's so many stairs. You know? uh, they, they stepped in gum like three times. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was funny. Ooh, sugarless. <laughs> I mean. But I, I, can, can we just talk, sorry, just rewind that back just a couple of minutes. We talk about the the extreme product placement when, she, when the, the babysitter goes into the kitchen, and she walks by this massive amount of dishes that she's supposed to do as she opens her refrigerator and she sees Coors Light, Kentucky Fried Chicken, I think Pizza Hut, <laughs> all in the fridge. <laughs> and she grabs a piece yeah. of chicken. <laughs> but go on. 
Yeah, and then and, and then she tries, you know, and then later on when the parents come home to like find to, to like check on the babysitter. Yes, exactly. The the father finds the chicken on the floor and he puts it back together with, with, with he, like a, with, a, back in the with, with, a hair, like, with a hair tie. He's like, oh, this is good chicken. Why is this yeah, on the yeah, floor? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, so yeah. The the killer takes like the 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 the, the um, paperclip and just like violently stabs the. Uh, the the girl in the face with it over and over and over again, right. and then the boyfriend comes out and finds her dead, and then of course the killer runs after him with a huge garbage bag and like yeah, a hefty bag. I'm like, oh, what? <laughs> yeah, I was like early thrown, and then, and then at the end of it, the the parents come back home, and you mentioned something that the parents said that. Oh, all right. So- I, I, I love this whole give and take between the parents as they walk into the house. So you see the car pull up. And- the driveway and the folks get or the, the 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 couple get out. She's like, you know what? I'm so sick and tired of going to the movies. We spend ten dollars on the movie, five dollars on popcorn, fifteen dollars on parking. You know, seventy five cents an hour for the babysitter. It's just not worth it anymore. It's all horror movies all the time. Blah blah blah. Whatever. And they're like, and it wasn't even that good of a horror movie. Self fulfilling prophecy. <laughs> <laughs> and they walk through the door. He's like, well, you know, the the husband. You hear the husband say, well. At least we're home in time to catch the Dukes of Hazard. <laughs> That's how timeless that this movie is, folks. When they're, oh make, when they're making references that, by today's standards, you know, Tim and I understand, but I'm right. Sure. Which okay, so real quick, back in <laughs> back in 1980, between 1979 and actually uh, 83, 84, Friday nights belong to CBS. CBS yeah. had Dallas. For the yeah. and then they had, first Dukes of Hazard, then Dallas. So you had Dukes of Hazard for like the family hour. Then you had the more adult uh, uh, one-hour situational drama for the adults. So you had Dukes of Hazard and Dallas. And honestly, I remember the, through many different interviews and different things because I used to really be. I'm still. I used to love Dukes of Hazard as a kid and as a, an adult. Uh, but um, as you know, time moves on. You know, you just, there's other things to watch and better things to watch and whatever. But anyway, uh, there were points where in in the early 80s where people would, uh, people, there'd be less attendance at high school football games on Friday nights because people were staying home to watch Dukes of Hazard. So <laughs> that was a true thing, back, especially probably in the South. But anyway, yeah. I digress. But yeah, Dukes of Hazard was huge on a Friday night. So this, it all tracks is what I'm trying yeah, to say. Yeah, it all, it all comes together. Yes. It all comes full circle. And yes. So... And then there's a moment where like, uh, oh God, was it like, like the the wife keeps overreacting to things or something like oh, that? Oh yeah, she goes on and she's like, well, I better not find the you know the the our daughter the the babysitter in our bed you know dead or something like that or oh. yeah 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 and, and it was very like, stupid she, and the wife keeps mentioning about oh she didn't do the dishes for seventy five cents an hour what the hell is she doing like making a big deal about seventy five cents being a huge deal now I don't know. The minimum wage back in 1981, and I'm not going to look it up right now because I'm just not going to. But I'm like, she made a big deal out of 75 cents an hour. <laughs> but I'm like, okay, you're obviously very, very cheap, even for that and for 80 standards. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. <laughs> but but after that, folks, that's where the movie like stops. Believe yeah. it or not, it's like this is like how long was that op- opening sequence? Like it had to be like ten minutes at least. That's what I'm saying. And then you know about another thirty yeah. seconds of funny later on. And then and then we're and then we're we're focusing on um um 
basically, so apparently not the first deaths of student characters in this movie. It's apparently been going on continuously, you know, setting up the idea of the killer on the loose thing. And uh, apparently not very active law enforcement trying to find out who this killer is. But Well, that's just par for the course, but yes. Oh, of course, of course, yeah. But anyways, and of course we're introduced to Toby Badger, played by Kristen Ritter and her dumb would-be boyfriend, she, she's not. She's uh, no relation to John Ritter, is she? I wonder. No, she's not. Okay. No. And, and her dumb boyfriend Hardy, played by Matt Goldsby. Now, this is another case of like you know uh, missed opportunities. I mean, you have these two that are supposed to be the main characters, the main draw of the movie in one sense, but again, there's nothing about them that's like, you know, that that makes you like like them or like for that matter care for them even when you're supposed to be laughing at their you know their stupidities and their foibles it's just you know dumb situations hopefully you'll laugh more dumb situations hopefully you'll laugh more dumb situations are, are you laughing yet you know it's like no it's like we're, we're we're trying to contemplate what you're trying to do but it's it's like a bunch of snl bits unfunny snl bits just yeah, crammed together it's, with it's scotch like tape the, it, it's like the worst of every saturday night live bit again almost like it was written by committee stitched together into a single feature length movie. And none of the plot lines cohere, you know, the spoof element is just like, you know, it's like, it's just pissing in the wind folks. That's all it is. yeah, you know. <laughs> go, go on. So, so they they introduced the two main characters, and they they introduced a side character, the the which I thought was just completely unfunny. Even even at the time, I'm like, who's writing this shit? I'm like, you introduce an uh, an African American actor playing an African coming from another country into the school, and, and and then he's going to the shop class. Who's this? Who's this? Obviously, he's a weirdo, and he's playing it up for every kind of like every moment he gets. Which I, I commend the actor trying to commit to the bit. Yeah, but I'm like, it's just so not funny. I'm like, it's just, it's like grown worthy. I'm like, oh Jesus. I'm like, oh yeah. I mean, again, it's the classic uh, the jokes land. If they don't, uh, I'm okay. Like, oh, I'm like, okay. So this guy is obviously he's losing a thumb. He loves wood shop, and I'm like, oh, okay, I get it. All right. Well, then, and there's also the the, the principal character and 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 his assistant, right? And, and then the, the school and, nurse, and, and, yeah, the school nurse and. Uh, the gym teacher. Did, did, did they have a grounds? No, they had just a janitor. No groundskeeper. Just they a had a janitor. Malvert, the janitor, played by some like unknown actor, first and last movie, which is this. Given the weird screen name, the stick. I, I, I mean, like, there's just it, it would be so hard, folks, for us to get into like the weirdo situations because they're just not. Oh my God, they're just not memorable. No, here's, <laughs> so here, here's the thing: it's there's a bunch of killings going on, and they kill the female with what was it, a bar of soap? No, it was what was it? Uh, what, what did they Tim, kill? Let's, Tim, let's just admit it: the kill sequences are also like the worst part of the movie, even for comedy. Right. Like at one point, the killer—I mean, like even for humor, like one of the the killer uses like like a uh, a chalk eraser. To, That's like, a chalk eraser. Shoot yes. out of somebody and then kill him. Or, right. but the, the, men, the men were always done in a trash bag, which made I don't understand. I, I, 
was there a thing with trash bags back in the day? I don't, I don't, that just was not funny I don't know. either. I mean, I guess it was the eighties and, you know, cocaine was like all the rage then, you know, as I've said before, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if everybody was coked up on this thing, thinking that they were getting the great product out. But then, you know what, back in the eighties, it wasn't, it was a law requiring that you had to do cocaine. So <laughs> <laughs> that law was repealed in the nineties. God damn it. But, uh, you know, I mean, yeah, <laughs> it was, I just, I, I'm struggling to figure the, and then the, everyone's blaming uh, the deaths on uh, the final girl or what was her name? Um, oh just, yeah, yeah, Toby Badger, played yeah. by Kristen. Ritter. They're blaming the deaths on her, right? And they said and because, they, because she always gets knocked out when the killer is there, and right. then she wakes up at the scene of the crime, or at least she's present at the scene of the crime. Right, and so. well, I, I did find this kind of funny when she had to go see this the psychiatrist, the the Freud the Freudian psychiatrist, and I thought that was kind of, he offers her some Kleenex because he goes here it's just an empty box, and then <laughs> and, and then he offers her a handkerchief or a Kleenex again later. I'm like the guy is completely bananas, and then you see him. And I, and I and this is and this is one of the parts where I really laugh. Where he's in the you see a, a shot of him in the bathroom where he puts his suit on backwards, <laughs> just dancing around. Yeah. I'm like, and I shouldn't laugh because, but it's funny. I'm like, it's so stupid. It's funny. And the, well, I, why shouldn't you laugh if it's funny? It get it gets your attention. Right. I mean, I'm like, it's, it's and probably the, the only right second funniest part of the movie. And honestly, out of the opening sequence, and then the the, uh, the we talked about this off air, Chris, where they, they they take like almost like a PSA break, and they cut to the, the principal in the office or somebody in the some higher up in the office saying, "Well, this is a radar movie, and we need we don't have any nudity, but we can say fuck." <laughs> so yeah, then, yeah, there you or go, so, or, or something along those lines. And I'm like. All right, all right. That that's pretty funny. It you know, shows you how different that is now. Because even in the PG thirteen movie, you can like have someone say the word "fuck" in it, and that's yeah, like you, you know, I, yeah. I forget what, <laughs> what, the, what the guidelines are, but yeah, you get one one f. No motherfucker, but one one fucker and like right. three shits right. <laughs> and one crap. Well, I remember, I remember when that TV show, that seventy show, was on. First time ever, someone called someone a dick on there. You know, now that, now that, folks. Just letting you know that was something. <laughs> yeah, that ranks right up there with Archie Bunker and the, and all in the family having the first toilet, toilet flush. Yeah, yes, on, on television. Yeah, yeah, on television. Yeah. Yeah, but the good news is we didn't see him on the toilet, so that's yeah. actually well, no, nobody wants to see that. Okay. So, <laughs> but yeah, I just I, oh god, and then the, the the big reveal of who the killer is in this movie. It turned out, and again, actually, I know what they were trying to do with this. They were trying to. Because when you find out who the killer is, it's so, even for the comedy aspects, it's so illogical. But what they were trying to do was do the parody aspect of it. Like in some of these horror movies, it is illogical when you find out who the killer is in some of them. Mm -hmm. And the killer turns out to be uh, the principal's uh, assistant, female assistant, Miss mm -hmm. Mumsley, who is like this old lady. And, but, but. You know, it's like, well, so wait, she was the breather or she was disguised as the breather or she was what, able to... what, it was maybe a, a tag team of some sort with another person. Yeah, I, I like I mean, I get what they're trying to do, like go go with the humor part of like the whole illogicalness of it. You I, know? OK, so but backing backing up just a little bit, I did like when the breather would call. And he would talk through the rubber chicken. I thought that was pretty funny. <laughs> it's like, oh, on the phone, I'm, yeah. Yeah, I'm going to the high, the, the dance, and I'm going to kill. <laughs> yeah, and then and then one of the people listens, and then they just go click, and yeah. they're like, 
You, did, you didn't did hang you, up. You just said click. He's like, did you hang up on me? He goes, no, I didn't. <laughs> yeah, you, you just said click, didn't you? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so, so, okay, four funny, three or four funny parts. Okay, right. fine. Right. But, but the rest yeah. of it, no. Yeah. But so then, and then, like, there's this weird chase sequence where the Miss Mumsley is trying to, 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 to kill uh, Toby Badger, and then, like, suddenly the there's like all these characters popping out and like on, on the hallways and it's like some weird like dream sequence. And then all of a sudden she gets knocked out again. And then the camera spins around and around and around. And then she, Toby wakes up in the hospital and it turns out that she had like swine flu and she was suffering from sexual repression. And, <sighs> I, and then like all the characters from the dream are in real life but they're not who they were so for example the, the janitor, janitor is actually, actually the, the principal and the principal is the janitor the woodshop guy is actually a french high, high school teacher french language high school teacher you know um this yeah. one tough dude is like some like effeminate uh theater gay theater kid or something like that yeah. it was like i'm like okay so everything was for naught basically <laughs> <laughs> the the whole movie we just saw was completely useless and now we're in the actual reveal and, and you know and 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 oh, oh but her boyfriend uh, Hardy is actually the same guy in her dream too so it's not it's not completely off the off the charts right. but so now now there was this like plot line about how Hardy wants to have sex with Toby but she doesn't want to but now that she's been cured of her sexual repression and the swine flu, whatever the fuck, <laughs> because of things, whatever. Yeah, because, um, be, because just because it's fine. Because uh, so now they go out into the woods. By the way, uh, look, the woods look like they were shot during the fall, near end of the fall, because all the leaves have fallen down. Mm -hmm. And I would find that to be extremely chilly if you're going to go out there and have sex, wouldn't you say, Tim? <laughs> You know what we've done? We've done a summer camp in the fall in Europe or Spain. It's it's it is what it is. Yeah, I know. But I'm just <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. And here's the thing: your first time, you don't you don't want to be on a, a more traditional, let's say, setting like your bedroom, or, I, the, I'm ba just, or the back seat of your car, or a motel, or yeah. somewhere somewhere where there's a roof over your head, right. Or, or you know, not dirt. I mean, I, hey, I'm I'm all for forced fucking Jesus. <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah, but get a blanket, please. Yeah, come on. Let, 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 let's let's think this through. You know. But anyways, so she's about to get ready, and then Tim the bit the, the, the the super duper big reveal the big reveal of who the killer is, Tim. But but it's, wait a minute, she's dreaming though. The whole thing that that, that never happened though, right? So, yeah, it never happened. So then why? why is she why is she being killed? I mean, I, I know. So yeah, the boyfriend. Did not write this movie. <laughs> it's it's the boy. Apparently, the boyfriend like out of the well because I'm there's no lot. I'm trying to follow some sort of like path or train of thought. But or that's whatever. what I was saying earlier about right. how there is so, no path or logic in this. Thing. I get it. No, I, so I, even so, for comedy spoof <laughs> elements. Okay. So here, so here's the thing. <laughs> so she wakes up. Yeah, and it's apparently now in the real universe. Not her dream sequence, which the last movie was a dream. The whole movie was a dream sequence. Her boyfriend is now a killer and is trying to kill her. Wow, fellas, I gotta say I'm uh, underwhelmed. I don't know. I I don't know what to say. I, I 
I don't know what to say. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what to say either. I mean, I guess this whole thing was indeed a Scooby-Doo mystery. So, yeah. <laughs> but anyways, yeah. so so then she's killed, and then everybody's at her funeral. And then, of course, Hardy and the fu- and, and the funerals take place, like, one minute later. Like <laughs> Yeah, one minute later. I, I mean, I get the whole idea. Of, it of one of the most hysterically bad makeshift cemeteries I've ever seen oh. in my life. I mean, you know. It's like they didn't even. It's like they shot it in the same location as when they were going to have sex. <laughs> like, they, yeah, they did. They just, they just. Well, they didn't have to move anything because there was no blanket to move. But you know, they right, just put up a couple of crosses right. and that was it. And then you know the the boyfriend comes over with the flowers and he's going to put him down at her grave. And then all of a sudden, she comes out and grabs him, Carrie style, and that's the end of the movie. And wacky music plays in the background and. We just sit there going, well, okay, fine, I guess. All right, maybe. <laughs> God. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, was, yeah it, this movie it's... was pretty bad, even for comedy standards, but, you know. <laughs> yeah, it's... Um... It make, you know, it makes me appreciate... I don't give a shit what anybody says. I, I, it, it, fuck political correctness. Watching movies like this make me appreciate movies like Caddyshack and Blazing Saddles even no, more. No, here's the thing. Is I, it's, it's not even political correctness. It's like, those were just fucking funny movies. Yeah. I'm like, I, I love Caddyshack. I love Blazing Saddles. Blazing Saddles is one of my hell, favorite. Hell, I'll even, I'll even throw Police Academy in there, the first Get, movie. You, you know, know, hell, the- you know what? <laughs> fuck, fuck that. Remember, a few years ago, I reviewed, and we never really, did, we, we should actually really, really do a horror comedy. I mean, we've done it before. A horror comedy special. And I, I've reviewed Young Frankenstein. Young Frankenstein is one of my all-time favorites. It ranks right up there with Blazing Saddles. Probably number two for Mel Brooks ever. Yeah. I love that fucking movie. I that, mean, but, it, but this is the type of movie that makes me appreciate those movies a lot more. Because, oh, like fuck I said, yeah. It, fuck cause yeah. Because this, this is like one of those, it tries too hard. And it's like, I, I mean, I, I don't know. But I mean, here's the thing. Here's the thing. With with Blazing Saddles, with Young Frankenstein, with even, well, let's say, let's say the first two police academies. Because, uh, you know, eventually they go downhill a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but there is a story. There is... There, there's funny in there, and, it's not, and like you said, it's not forced. It's not done by committee. It's, it's, it's actual genuine, genuinely funny. I'm like, this is well, it's not. <laughs> and I, I, and honestly, I really, I really, 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 really wish that it was a really good movie. It's yeah, because it actually has possibilities. Right. Like, I'll be on. I'll be honest. I'm not, and I'm not saying this to toot any horns to anybody, but. This is the type of thing that um, this is the type of horror parody that uh, you know our compatriots Mark L. Risman and Dave Rodriguez would come up with, and I and I and I'm and I'm not lying. Those guys would come up. With, I I I would guarantee those guys that we know, yeah, um, would come up with far more funnier material than this. No, you know, oh, definitely, and 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 like. Uh, in like four hours, like they don't need that much, you know. <laughs> they could do it in a day and a half, uh, half a day. Um, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, it, you know, they could, but I mean, it, I, this this would be rife. Well, I wouldn't necessarily say for a remake because, quite frankly, I would, I would do it a little different. But well, that, I, that, I, but, that, yeah. but I would definitely say if anybody would do a horror parody in the in, in the vein of, and, and and to be true, we also have the scary movie franchise. So I guess yeah. you could say it's you already say been done. It's, it's already been done, but. 
if someone wanted to go back and look at this and say, hey, we can do this again, but let's just do it this way. Let's do it a little better. Then I'm all for it. You know? <laughs> yeah. But then, then, then is it a parody of a parody, though? Uh, I don't know, Tim. You know, at this point, <laughs> after talking about this movie, my brain's starting to fry, and I, yeah. I'm a little I, foggy myself. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, I think I think we have covered everything we could on well, this thing, wouldn't you say, Tim? Well, honestly, this movie has very few fun facts. I think we probably inadvertently covered them already, much like the writer strike and you know, who the director the director was and his, his his surname or his screen name. So, with that, let's take a quick intermission, and Chris and I will head to the faculty lounge or teachers lounge for that thirst quenching water that we so need and then we'll roll that trailer for the faculty and professor christopher koenig's stellar syllabus synopsis <laughs> so we'll be right back after this the writer of Scream and Scream 2, and Robert Rodriguez, the director of Desperado, and from Dusk Till Dawn comes a new science fiction thriller. No more pencils, no more books, no more teachers' dirty looks. The students at Harrington High have always suspected their teachers were from another planet. Is this going to be on the test? This is the test. This time, they're right. Now, these six students won't just question authority. They'll have to destroy it. Faculty, please report to the principal's office. And we're back from our intermission. Boy, it felt like two weeks. <laughs> Take it away, Professor. <laughs> All right, well, we're talking about The Faculty from 1998, directed by... Robert Rodriguez, written by Kevin Williamson and based on a story by David Welcher and Bruce Kimmel. Uh, in 1992, a young filmmaker by the name of Robert Rodriguez would make a splash of his feature-length debut, El Mariachi. Budgeted at around a paltry seven grand and shot entirely in Spanish language for the low-budget home video market, the film first premiered at to great acclaim at the Sundance Film Festival, but El Mariachi will be turned down by every home video distributor for the Mexican market. But luck would be on Robert's side as El Mariachi caught the attention of Columbia Pictures and the studio invested $200,000 to improve the editing and post-production work. Once theatrically released, El Mariachi would do well at the box office and receive rave reviews, propelling Rodriguez to make the sequel Desperado in 1995, as well as direct from from dusk till dawn in 1996 with quentin tarantino so you would think robert rodriguez mainstream career in hollywood was on its way 
Uh, well, well, not not quite. You know, it it would be the early two thousands when Rodriguez would make mainstream fare, like you know the Spy Kids movies, as well as gritty comic book titles like uh, uh, Sin City and Machete. But right after From Dust Till Dawn in nineteen ninety six up to two thousand and one, with the first Spy Kids feature, Rodriguez's directorial out, output in between those years was very minimal at best. With The Faculty emerging in nineteen ninety eight, if any. The faculty could be regarded as an underrated entry in the Robert Rodriguez filmography, despite doing decent box office business and managing to gain a cult following over the years. And, you know, personally, in my opinion, you know, the faculty is a step above something like, uh, you know, Spy Kids or The Adventures of Shark Boy and Lava Girl, for sure. <laughs> that's my that's my take. But anyway, not 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 your demographic. That wasn't his demographic for you. Yeah, but. <laughs> nope, nope. So the faculty takes place at the rather dilapidated Harrington High School located in some small town in Ohio. Oh, by the way, how about Harrington High's football slogan, Sting em. And we are introduced <laughs> to our student characters. There's Stan, played by Sean Hetsui, the jock football player who wants to quit the team and do something else. Then there is nerdy Casey, played by a young and spry Elijah Wood, who serves as photographer on the school paper. And then there is the slightly uptight and bitchy Delilah, played by Jordana Brewster, who is also on the school paper as a reporter, always looking for a new story to break. And head cheerleader. Yes, and head cheerleader. Uh, and then there's Zeke, played by Josh Hartnett, the underachieving but no- nominally intelligent hustler, either manufacturing his own drugs or distributing VHS porn featuring Jennifer Love Hewitt <laughs> out of the trunk of his own car. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> Full frontal, and, baby. <laughs> yep. And then there's Stokely, played by Clay Duvall, the goth chick who is into science fiction literature and calls herself a lesbian so no one will bother her. And then Mary Beth, played by Laura Harris, a new student from the South with a very bubbly personality. And for these six youths, their days at Harrington High are just like any other normal day for them, filled with teen angst and and jokey hijinks galore. (laughs) But once when the entire teaching staff and students are taken over by an alien parasite, hell-bent on taking over the high school and perhaps taking over the world as well. You know, but then the whole alien conquest over humans concept is a, little, is a little hazy at best here. It's up to our intrepid main characters to put an end to this extraterrestrial terror. And yes, that is the faculty. And um, yeah, so this is actually like the first time I've seen this movie. I have, I have heard of this movie like over the years, but yeah. it was one of those not on the list to watch yet. But here we are doing an episode, and here's the assignment, Chris. Check out the faculty. Oh, I guess it's time for me to see this movie again. <laughs> so, there you go. Yeah. Now, I remember seeing this movie in in the theaters because I was a big, as we all were, uh, you know, a, a film uh, – I classified myself as a film nerd. I had all the books, you know, and I would um, read up on Tarantino. I'd read up on um, – uh, Robert Rodriguez and Tim Roth and all these different, you know, characters and, you know, these independent stuff. Right. And right. so when he broke big with, you know, El Mariachi and then Desperado and then I watched, I I, so I watched Desperado first because I, that's how I first got uh, recognized. He got recognized at least in our, our part of the universe. And then I went back and watched El Mariachi, and then I watched From Dust Till Dawn, and I fell in love with From Dust Till Dawn and Desperado. And I'm like, oh, crap, okay, let's see this one. And I saw it, and I was like, it was okay. And I, I, I dug it, but it, there was too many 
teen movies that were coming out around that same time frame between yeah. that from like 96 to 99 or even say 2001 there was like a shit ton and <clears throat> but i digress i i just i, I recently went back and i revisited this film um twice actually much like you uh, chris and i kind of just kind of fall in love with like you said it it's something that's in this catalog that often gets overlooked which it shouldn't because it's a fun little 90 minute movie yeah, I, I I did enjoy this movie. I mean, for you know, it's certainly a lot better than the other movie we had to sit through. Well, that's for sure. And as well, you, <laughs> well, Chris, you could say the the faculty does love its student bodies. Yeah, oh, God. <laughs> they wanted to you know infect them with the parasite. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, it would have been great if the faculty could have actually infected the movie student bodies. Made that a much funnier movie, much more fun movie. Too. But uh, it's, but we'll stick with the faculty since yes. this one actually kind of hits the right notes. You're right. Um, I, I will say this though, and I understand it was 1998, but um, the CGI in this is the best that 1998 could buy. Yes, at the time, it's so. still it's still not as cringeworthy as 1999's Deep Blue Sea, but I digress. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but nevertheless, it's it, it's it's relatively wonky by today's standards. But you know, I guess in the spirit of the film's fun factor, I mean, it does have that. You know, yeah. it, it, relatively relatively big budget B movie feel to it. So that's a great uh, way to put, that's a really great way to put it, <laughs> which I find ironic because then, you know, the, you know, it takes a big budget B movie to be like one of those, <laughs> but then this was, this is a movie that could have originated from like Charlie band's full moon factory. If he had Robert Rodriguez working for him. Right. Doing this. Well, with, with a script by Kevin Williamson and then a stack cast, like we were saying off air, I'm like, you, you just, you can't. I, in fact, I'm. It was a hit. It was a hit, and because I think that the 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 budget was uh, 15 million, and at the box office made 63.2 million, so it did make its money back, and it was it was a success. But I was wondering why, and, I, and I'm okay with that. But why there wasn't a sequel? <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, it, but I'm it, also it, good with it being one and done too. So, but the other thing I was pointing out to you before we started, which I'll repeat here, is I find it so interesting that. You know, and it is true. You're never going to be able to overnight your success, in the case of Robert Rodriguez with El Mariachi. But if you look at the way how his filmography was moving forward after El Mariachi, let's see, '95 um, was Desperado, and then in 1996 there was From Dust Till Dawn, and that was when he hooked up with Tarantino. Mm -hmm. and, but then after that, it's like, it's like from '96, there's this long period of like not many Robert Rodriguez movies coming out with the exception of the faculty for oh, you know, night. You know what? There is a movie I just remembered. I think he executive produced and maybe he wrote it or directed it, but it was called road racers. It was, it was, a, it was a subsidiary of Miramax. I think it was twin Tarantino's. Yeah, I, don't think he, I, I don't think he directed that one. I don't yeah. Either, I don't he, he maybe executive produced it or, or, or maybe directed it or he had some, he had, he had something in it because it had Selma Hayek and had, David Arquette, and it was set in the nineteen, like the nineteen fifties, I want to say. Hmm. And and then but, there were, yeah, yeah, but, but no, no. Um, but what I was trying to say though is that there is this long period of gestation, with the exception of the faculty, mm -hmm. and then all of a sudden, in the early two thousands, with Spy Kid and Sin City and and Machete, and um, and again, as I mentioned, the Adventures of Shark Boy and Lava Girl and whatever, you know, suddenly there is this like 
explosion of like Robert Rodriguez movies coming out, like, you know, from from almost year to year to year. So I find it so interesting that during that 95 to 2000 period, with the exception of the faculty from 98, there is this weird, long period of gestation. And I've always wondered if that was like if it was like a, a slow transition to mainstream for him or if he was just taking his time. And I, I, I kind of feel like maybe he was taking his time. I was, well, yeah, well, he, he already had a couple of, he had a couple of hits under his belt. So he was probably doing a lot of writing, spending time with his family. And like I yeah. said, probably executive producing some stuff and working behind the scenes that we wouldn't really know about just sc- scouting and writing. And, you know, I can't, I can't imagine him not being busy at some point, or you know, well, he did get busy in the early 2000s. Well, yeah, yeah, but that, well, because he, but we had all these scripts he had, had written or co-written and everything. Yeah. So, but like as you said, the faculty wasn't written by him; he just directed it. So that was kind of probably easy yeah. money for him. Well, and I, and I will also say this too, um, you know, again for a guy still, oh, oh it was also started. edited by Robert Rodriguez too. My bad. Oh, okay, yeah. So for for a guy that was also technically starting out. Te- again, technically saying, um, he's actually got quite the stacked cast in this movie, as we were oh, talking about earlier. Yeah, on. It's, I mean, it's 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 a who's who of the late '90s, man. I'm like in, in early 2000s. I'm like, you, you've got um, uh, we, we said um, Elijah Wood, who was who was, had a had a big career as a as a child actor and transitioned well. He's one of the few that transitioned well into yeah. a, a, adult acting. And I think there was a thing where he was on the set of this movie on on the set of the faculty. And someone, I forget who, who who mentioned it to him, but he's like, "You should try out for you should you should send your your uh, a, 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 a videotape of yourself auditioning for the Lord of the Rings for um I forget, what's his name oh, um, Peter Jackson Peter Jackson thank you Peter Jackson and he was kind of apprehensive at first because it was basically an almost an all English all English cast up to, until this point being um being hired um as actors and you know whatever and. He, but he did it. He sent it in, and the rest is history. So, but you know, it's even when I watched this, I was try, and again, it was so weird. I was like watching this. Like I said, this is the first time I've seen this, so I'm watching it, and I was looking, at, and Elijah Woods on the screen, and I'm thinking to myself, "Who the hell is that guy? He looks so familiar. <laughs> I can't figure." And before anybody, before anybody else gets on my ass about this, let me point this out too: the movies. Cast and crew credits don't begin until the end of the movie, so that's. I'm why cool I, with that too, man. That's awesome. <laughs> but I was like, I was like, I was like, who is this? Kid? And then all of a sudden, at the end of the movie, the credits come. Elijah Wood, like oh, that was Elijah Wood. Holy shit, he looks so young. You know, I mean, that's Josh Hartnett. Wow. <laughs> well, and then, but not only that, but just like you know, the the nurse Harper character played by Selma Hayek. Again, I was sitting there watching. I'm like. Who the hell is this woman? She looks so fucking familiar. And then at the end of it, Selma Hayek, I'm like, what the fuck? You know, and then. Um, and she just had a bit role in there, too. She was yeah, not in there for very long. Like a big, and, then, and, then, and then John Stewart. I'm like, when was John Stewart acting? <laughs> I mean, what? And, and then. Um, um, oh, and let's not forget uh, Shooter McGavin is in this movie. Yeah. <laughs> McDonald, yeah. who I wish was in more of the movie. Yeah. Because you eat he, pieces of shit for breakfast. <laughs> He, because he looked like he was so into his role, right? For those for those six lines or eight lines he had, yeah. And then all of a sudden he's like he's like literally disappears from the narrative. And I'm like, what? Well, I, I find that a lot with the cast. The, the, there's a, there's a stacked adult cast, but they only have roughly about probably six seven minutes of screen time total throughout the the movie. But it's right. it's well edited, so it feels like 
more, but and then you know there's Robert Patrick in here who I've you know very recognizable oh, to us. Yeah. And then um, T two baby, <laughs> right? And then Piper Laurie was in this. And I'm like, wait, what the fuck? You know, and, 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 then, and um, she was totally underrated too. I wanted more of her in there too. And, yeah, she was like barely in the movie, and then she was such, uh, she was a badass too. <laughs> yeah, but then Daniel von Bargain playing the 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 one teacher who's like drinking secretly, <laughs> who I swear to God gives like this great look. I swear to God, and, I, and the first thing I shot in my head was, "Wow, he looks like an older version of Malcolm McDowell from a Clockwork Orange." Well, <laughs> this reaction he gives. Well, well, I, I, there's a there's a scene where he's leaning up against the desk, and he's got he goes, "Now open your books up to chapter four of this, you know, history thing, you know." And then you know they show close up of the coffee cup, which you know isn't coffee or all coffee. And then he's like, and then the 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 the, uh, the, the star football player who wants to be more. Uh, and he quits the team. He's like, no, no, we covered chapter four last week, sir. We should be covering chapter five. He's like, okay. He's like, he, he like clearly doesn't give a fuck. <laughs> He's and, like, and, and, when we join so-and-so, I was like, who's the character's name? Uh, the quarterback's name um, played by Sean. Um, oh, um, oh, sh- oh, his name it's is. It's not uh, Casey. It's um, uh, Stan. Stan. Go, yeah. Why don't we all join Stan in chapter five? <laughs> and, then, and then, wait a minute. And then there was... Um, as you mentioned, sure was in this. And then, um, oh, and then let, let us not forget Summer Phoenix as the fuck you girl, Don Abram as the fuck you girl. <laughs> <laughs> on screen for a total of one minute. <laughs> yeah, and they're fighting constantly. But, constantly. But, 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 you know, I, I had a, at, a, at the time, I was, a, I, lo- I, I was really into Frasier and I loved Frasier and I loved her character as Lilith. BB Newworth was, yeah, and she, and that, she was smoking hot though, too. And that. that was another thing though, too. I was watching, I'm like, oh, wait a minute now, she was in something, goddamn. And then at the end of it, I'm like, okay, now I got to figure this out. And then lo and behold, like you said, uh, Frasier. Mm-hmm. And I believe she was also uh, Kelsey Grammer's husband, also in, in Cheers as well. Yeah, so yeah. I, she first appeared in Cheers and was there yeah. for many seasons and then was in Frasier. Um, well, maybe God. she'll show up in the reboot of, or the sequel of Frasier. I don't know. And, and then there was also Famke Jansen, who was also yeah. in, in uh, Deep Rising with Treat Williams. I mean, it was, yeah. this she, is like... So hot! Like, <laughs> I know, this is like 1990, late 1990s cast yeah. <laughs> of 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 new people mm-hmm. and, you know, middle of the road, you know, I mean, well, you know, in the middle of their careers and then old timers on their way out. It, I mean, it, it's, it's, like, it's, it's, it's like the perfect casting. You have just the right amount of new and up and comers. You get the young kids in there and then, and, and enough of the uh, more established, um, older, um, uh, actors and actresses to bring yeah. in the, the older crowd. So, I mean, as like from a casting standpoint, they knocked out of the park, A+. plus. Oh, yeah. I'm sure Rodriguez was like every time when he was getting this cast list and like looking at the choices. Mm-hmm. And when they and when they said, okay, I'm sure he was saying to himself, yes. You, know, like, you work for scale? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know about that. But I mean, just, just, you know, you know, getting, again, like you said, you got the new team and then you got the older team that's mm-hmm. also like – you don't have to do a lot of work with them or anything like that. You know, they, they're, you know, professionals that'll know their lines and you don't and hit their marks. Yeah. Hit their marks very effectively, you know, but at the same time, it's like, I, you know, I can just imagine he's sitting there going, I got Piper Laurie in this. I've got Robert Patrick in this. I've got John, you know, I got this, I got, I got, you know, and then I'll, I'll bring it in Selma Hayek. You know, he's probably sitting there going, Oh my God, this thing. I'm, is and I'm, I'm sure that was a hard get for him considering she's almost in every single movie he, he does in some, at some point. <laughs> right. Right. But you know, just getting them to be yeah. in it is the one thing, but it oh, never yeah. was. So, so, okay. So we'll talk about the opening sequence. So uh, uh, we'll start with um, our, uh, our coach played by um, 
Robert, Robert Patrick, Patrick coach, yeah. Yeah, he plays Coach Willis, and we <laughs> the first thing we see him in is he just being in, a, in an incredible rage over yeah. the fact that his football team for Harrington High is doing a terrible job on the field during practice. Oh, but you know what? He totally embodies that kind of gruff like drill sergeant head coach kind of like you call that a tackle you pick up that blood that blindside linebacker or whatever you're the blindside backer you know you gotta get him you gotta feel that pressure boy <laughs> yeah and at one point he gets so angry he like runs away and <laughs> grabs the bench and just like flips, flips it over it. in a rage <laughs> yeah. and then and then uh, so of course while the 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 student football players are walking away hitting the lock, hitting the showers the locker rooms yeah right right and of course Robert Patrick is like all by his lonesome still pissed off over the whole bad playing we get this POV shot of someone walking up to him and he turns around and he says what what do you want and then it cuts to black and then we then cut inside the school at night mm-hmm. in which we're introduced to Principal Drake played by uh, Beep Newerth and she's talking to um um let's see if she's talking to um mr tate mm-hmm. the history teacher played by daniel von bergen and he's talking to pepper uh, uh, laurie she's yeah. the music music teacher i think yeah miss olson yeah or the drama and, teacher I should, I should say not dra- music yeah yeah and then another person oh, i can't remember offhand and basically they're talking about the school's budget and the things that they're not going to be able to do but of course the football team is going to get like new jerseys and new football helmets and everything and there'll be no class field trip this year there'll be no money for computers <laughs> yep Yep. And you know, I love it too. I love how this school, if you ever, I mean, if you were, if you noticed it, I noticed it like immediately later on in the film when it's like taking place in the daytime, the school is so dilapidated. I mean, like we're talking dirty doors, (laughs) walls that need to be painted. uh, You know, just the place looks incredibly unkempt and i understand <laughs> that they had but in the movie they're talking about budget issues but this is beyond <laughs> this is beyond budget issue <laughs> it, it, I, i'm sure it was intended by robert yeah. rodriguez but there was something about it where i was just sitting there going look you know i've i've been to a high school and you know like in small town and everything and from my memory the, the paint wasn't peeling off the walls and the doors weren't dirty, <laughs> and, you know, or anything like that. Right. You know, so, I mean, it was, it was very over the top, even for this movie. So, but nevertheless, so the meeting is over and, uh, I believe principal Drake, she's about to leave, but she, what did she left her keys inside the something they're, they're all walking out together. And, um, I think there was even a part where she's like, and I'm sorry, there's not going to be any music, any money in the budget to do a, a, a play, uh, unless you can reuse a set from our town from last year. <laughs> yeah. 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 It was, I forget. What and, it was. Anyway, <laughs> as they're, as they're walking out, she's, I think she said she forgot her car keys or her house keys or something like that. And she had to go back into the office and get them. And that's, uh, when, um, we run into uh, was it Coach Harris or Willis? Coach Willis, right? Coach Willis, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and the way how he's acting in this is great. <laughs> well, you know, honestly, the man was just looking for a pencil. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So he walks in, and he's like trying to, you know, he's just like bumping into um, uh, Principal Drake, and you know, I, and he says he, you know, he want, he's looking for a pencil, and 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 she she gives him a pencil finally because she can't stand any of this. Yeah, guy's she's just telling him to sleep it off, you know, and you know, yeah. 
basically he's one he's one or two steps away from being uh, sent to HR. <laughs> yeah. But then no sooner than that, all of a sudden Patrick takes that pencil and stabs it right through Principal Drake's hand and then there's this I've big... always wanted to do that. Yeah. That's what he said. <laughs> and then there's this big chase sequence inside the building and um and then and then, uh, now, and then, of course, the door is immediately locked. Right and, now, I uh, want to know how that in the span of that uh, those few minutes, who the fuck put a, put the chain and the padlock on the on the on the door? I don't know, <laughs> but all we know is Piper Laurie's character is outside, and she's all like, you know, worried. Frantic, that, yeah, yeah, frantic because because Principal uh, Drake tells her, "Oh my God, the coach is trying to kill me and everything," and then you know she's like. I got to get out of here, but where's the keys? And then she's like, well, you have them. And then she's got to go back and go get them. And wait, and wasn't there a shot where like she goes into the office and grabs off the desk. And then all of a sudden you hear like the whistle blowing and the, and the coach just runs right out, right towards her while well, he's blowing the, the whistle. I, yes. And there's also a scene where, and I really love this and I wish, I wish they, they would have stayed with the scene a little bit longer where he's on the PA system of the high school thing. He's like, well, principal, principal so Drake. report to the office, please. Yeah, and he's got, and you see, he's got that big scratch mark on his like his cheek, and I'm like, and that, the way it was shot, and, and the way it was angled with the lighting, I was like, wow, that really looks awesome. <laughs> like, then, give me more uh, of that, please. Right, right, right. <laughs> and then so she, so Principal Drake gets the keys and manages to get out of there and lock the door, but. Just when she thinks she's all nice and safe, Miss Olsen all of a sudden attacks her and like, you know, I, I believe she stabs her. I think it, it was kind of hard to tell. Yeah, the, it's like, yeah, he cut her, she cut her throat with something. I, I for, um, Well, no, I think she stabbed her and cut her throat oh, maybe. because she's got to be possessed by the, you know, the alien right. creature. So, but then what does Miss Olsen say when she, she I've always, I've always wanted to do that. Yeah. <laughs> Since then, when? <laughs> okay. Yeah, I know. And then the faculty, the title pops up, and and then the movie begins the next day. It's morning, and we're introduced to our main characters. You know, there's the um, there's uh, Casey played by Elijah Wood. He's the uh, the nerdy type. He's he's actually doing photography for the um, school paper. And, and you, know, you know, I also like to bring this back real quick because you said you didn't know who who. who uh, sorry, you you um. It, 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 you couldn't. Rem- you didn't. Oh, what's the word I'm looking for? Sorry, hold on. Let me couldn't recognize him. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. You couldn't recognize Elijah Wood. The, from the moment I met, um, the moment I saw Elijah Wood on, on character. Uh, um, sorry, the moment I saw Elijah Wood on screen as that character with the with the camera around his neck and sliding down the hallways and running or whatever, he immediately thought. I immediately thought of the of the of the uh, uh, comic book character Spider Man and Peter Parker. I, I think at that in that right time. He could have made an amazing Peter Parker, yeah. <laughs> but but I digress. Going on, no. Uh, so we're introduced to him. Oh, and of course, I love the shot where some of the some of the jocks take young Stan. I'm sorry, <laughs> take young Casey, and they, they they're grabbing him by both of his legs and carrying him, and then they shove him shove his crotch up against the flagpole. You know, not again, guys. Yeah, not again, guys. <laughs> you know, he totally and, had uh, that Charlie Brown kind of thing going on. But I love how out of control, like. <laughs> the opening scene. This school is out of control. Like, there's a scene where like two cars like crash into each other. People and, are like, fist dude, fighting in the in yeah, the parking lot. There's like no order. It's like blackboard jungle gone 
like crazy. <laughs> I mean, it, well, I mean, like the stuff they did in Blackboard Jungle was pretty vicious too. Right. But this was just like, holy shit! Like, I mean, there's there's no knife fights, but <laughs> yeah, well, almost was, but yeah. anyway. So, and then we're also introduced to you know Stan, the football player. He uh, he wants to, uh, and, and his dilemma is he wants to quit the team because he wants because he's. He wants to excel in something else. Basically, yeah. he doesn't. Uh, other than the sports arena, and uh... right, right, and yeah, and he's dating um, Delilah. The um, uh, she's well, as you said, she was the head cheerleader. Interestingly enough, we never see her do any cheerleading. But yeah. uh, we see her giving tips to the girls' hair and how they. She wants yeah, everybody. Yeah, but like we never see her going out there on the field, going you know, go you know, Hornets or whatever the fuck. Go sports. Go, go team, and then you know, but. But she is looking for like another good story to break out at her local school paper. You know, maybe that'll put her on 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 the, on the road to the Wall Street Journal or something like that. But mm-hmm. anyway, but and then um, uh, as I said, there's uh, Stokely. The uh, she's the guy. She's any this movie was from '98. So if there's any '90s late '90s movie that exemplifies that whole goth element, this is mm-hmm. the one with the this the Stokey, Stokely character. She's this goth chick who likes science fiction, and of course she claims she's a lesbian, so that way no one can bother her. Which I don't know how that would work because maybe if there's a female student that would be a lesbian that'd be bothering you, that would be a bit of an yeah. Issue. I th- I think she just she just she gave out the total antisocial vibe, and she was doing anything she could to uh, you know just be left alone. Um, and the, then, and, oh, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, no, go on. No. And then there's, uh, there's Zeke played by Josh Hartnett, who I have to say, I don't think I've ever seen a movie where Josh Hartnett was ever really good. I mean, <laughs> this might be a slight exception. Yeah. Cause I think, I think his underachieving drug dealing character in this maybe would speak volumes for him, but I mean, <laughs> Well, just... you know, and, and, I, and I gotta say this right now before before I before I flips my out of my old man brain. Um, I really liked all these characters. I thought, and I really liked the way they try to make them multidimensional. Like they're not just one thing. Yeah. yeah. Like you could have had like the the stupid jock uh, where he didn't have any other aspirations other than that. Then you had um, Casey who wanted to do more and be more, right. and then you get Zeke who is. You don't. You think Zeke is a total slack ass and kind of a drug dealer, but he makes his own drugs. He's obviously very smart, uh, you know, and almost to the point where I was like, "Shit, why are you still in school, man?" <laughs> it's yeah, like drop out, drop be, out. being in your fifth year of uh, of uh, high school. Yeah, drop out. Do something with STEM or whatever the hell or anything, right. and you will and you will succeed. But no, we get Josh Hartnett basically playing an underachieving you know character who, who's who's a genius basically he's a genius yeah basically although hartnett's line deliveries and his genuflections are just so I, well i was more worried about certain, okay go on like like he's tilting his head a lot and he's like talking slow and then like you know that th- there is just he wasn't bad in this movie but i gotta tell you i think he i Maybe it's just my biasness, but I've well, never seen a Josh Hartnett performance that was ever good. I, 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 I did. I didn't. I didn't mind him his performance in this movie. I uh, as much as I didn't like his performance in Halloween H two O, but I think for me it's more whoever styles his hair or cuts his hair for fucking movies. That <laughs> that makes me sad. It's awful. It's fucking awful. It's just goddamn. I'm like, who did you get? Just get your? Did you just stick your head next to a weed whacker? I mean, my god, man. <laughs> 
<laughs> but at some point, someone should just tell him, "Look, we'll just give you a bowl cut. How's that?" Okay. <laughs> oh, God. It, it was like, a, but it was like a half-ass bowl cut. I mean, it was like, it, it, or something. Like it was just like it looked uneven. It didn't look. I mean, maybe that's what you're going for. And if they, if that was success, because it pissed me off more than anything else. <laughs> oh my God! And then, and then we're introduced to also. We're also introduced to Mary Beth, who's the new student from Arkansas, from, or yeah, from some. Yeah, I think she's from Arkansas, from some southern state because her. Her parents got into a car accident. She's and her parents are dead, and she's yeah, and uh, she's very bubbly personality. She's constantly introducing herself to people. Like at one point, she's asking that one one girl who's like got like the piercing and is just sitting outside. She looks (laughs) and she just looks like she's staring off in the space. And Mary Beth walks up and says, "Do you tell me where the administration office is, or whatever it is?" And And they just point up that way. Yeah, smoking. Yeah, like slowly pointing up, like back there. And it's like, like, oh yeah, thank you. Oh, by the way, I like the uh, I like the piercing. Nice statement or whatever she said. Oh no, it's it's, oh I love the nose ring. It brings out your eyes or something like that. (laughs) So while so while all this is going on. We're also introduced to our other. Well, we're also introduced to some of the other characters in here too. The the adult characters. Um, uh, what's his name? I'm thinking for a second. Um, Mr. Furlong, the science teacher, played by John Stewart, mm-hmm. who's trying to hit on um, uh, Miss Burke, the nurse. No, I'm sorry, uh, Nurse Harper, <laughs> who's, by who's, Selma Hayek, who's always perpetually sick. Apparently, yeah. <laughs> I mean, wow. And, you know, but, and, then, and then there's also um, there's also um, uh, Miss Burke, I believe she's an English teacher. She's played mm-hmm. by Famke Jansen, who's very, very, meek. very meek and reserved in this movie. I mean, talk about like <laughs> she's like at one point she's afraid to talk to her students about like talking about um, Robinson Crusoe's story or whatever. It is. Right, right. And there's a scene real quick. I got, there's a funny moment where uh, Selma Hayek's character, she's like uh, administering something just to a to a faculty member. Or I think she's fixing. You said the the janitor's arm or, or hand or yeah, whatever. his hand. Yeah. And, and and she's like, he's like, you're really sick. You should go home. She's like, no, I'm saving up all for my all my sick time for when I'm feeling better. <laughs> well, that's what you do. <laughs> <laughs> I work at I work at a hospital. Sake. I've heard that said before. Right, and and, th- and then the the scene where there where she confronts Josh Hartnett's character outside the on the in the parking lot of the school, and how yeah, she's the, the Miss Burke character. Right, she's yeah. like she's like I'm not gonna have you peddling your stuff out here. That's really rude. You're on school grounds. You're like, well, technically it's in my car. Well, if your car is on school grounds, you're on school grounds. It doesn't fucking matter. Um, but. But that's just how policy goes. But it wasn't he recommending to her. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I think you need something to, to help you relax. How about chocolate laxatives? laxatives. Yeah, yeah. Chocolate laxatives or some cherry-flavored Magnum condoms. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like, come on. But I, but at the at the end of the movie, I love the callback. So that's that was really fun. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, and, but so... And yeah, then, getting back uh, on track. Go on, yes. And, and, and also... Um, oh, God, who was it... Um, the science teacher, Mr. Furlong, he's noticing that uh, Coach Willis is drinking an awful lot of water. He's v- usual. <laughs> it must be a pregame witch ritual. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so okay, so, so there's this, basically, there's this alien, not the, you know, spoiler alert, but we already kind of talked about it. Um, this alien invasion concept that's happening within this school. And while all this is going on, the students are pretty much caught unawares of this whole thing, particularly our main characters, um, you know, because like 
Stan. He he's a football player that wants to do something else. Uh, They're and, wrapped up in their own lives, own little dramas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In case you know, in case he's kind of like you know trying to figure out what he wants to do, and then Stokely is you know, like I said, she doesn't you know she just she just is avoiding trying to fit in in any way, shape, or form. And then you've got this new girl, Mary Beth, right. who's hanging She's the there. real alien in this story, if you think about it. Cause she yeah, wants, okay. Uh, yeah. <laughs> okay, no, <laughs> nothing, all right. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're right, but, you know, we'll get to that later. Uh, and then, of course, there's Delilah. She's, like, begging for, a, 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 a you know, like, a, a good story for the school paper because... You know, she already exposed um, one of the teachers' alcohol problems. Yeah, and no, yeah. nobody cares. <laughs> I thought yeah. that was really funny. <laughs> so now there's a moment in the movie where uh, Stan, our, our interpreted football player, is taking a shower, and then suddenly one of the teachers, it was the older lady, I forget her name, Yeah. Uh, she comes waltzing in, and she's looking not so well, I guess, if, you know, and, and at one point... Stan grabs her hair and like her scalp starts coming off and everything. Yeah, well, yeah. He, he, he goes, "Oh, Miss So and So, you're you know you're you know you're delusional, you're whatever it is." And then he goes to like, comfort her, and yeah, he goes to like touch her head or, or side of her head, and yeah, part of it, her hair falls off along with part of her scalp or her. And it was just that was it, that was kind of nasty. Stan is talking to one of the teachers, and they're telling her, "Well, you know, this." She's, you know, the, the teacher that was dying in front of him. Yes, yes. Basically, has been going through cancer treatment and everything. And right. I gotta tell you, I couldn't help but like chuck chuckle because it's like, are the? I hope these characters. I hope this character is not believing that. Because, right. Because that's a. Little, yeah, it's, and then I she's mean, like, it, we hope we would hope she had made through the end of the year. Yeah, she mentions that. I hope she, we hope that she would have <laughs> made it through the end of the year. Oh my god! And then so so then, that's when um. I believe uh, Delilah and Casey decide to take pay a little visit into the uh, faculty the staff lounge. Office. Yeah, faculty lounge, the faculty lounge. Yes, to see if they can find anything in, in regards to the story, and they end up hiding in the closet because uh, they hear um, the coach, uh, coach, coach Willis. Yes, and uh, Miss Olson entering in the room. And they're pretty much talking about their plans for world domination basically. around the around the water cooler. <laughs> around the water cooler, they're constantly drinking the water. Uh, there's a there's a clue there, folks, but we'll get to it. But anyway, and then uh, Nurse Harper shows up, and that it was a per is a perfect opportunity for um, the two uh, teachers to attack the nurse, and then. Uh, put this weird parasite thing in her ear i believe what we see and and of course uh um casey and delilah witness this whole thing and then uh uh delilah like moves backwards and then she bumps into like behind bumps into these like um like uh, uh hangers for these jackets and all of a sudden the body of the dead teacher the one that was quote-unquote dying of cancer uh falls out and then of course she's about to scream but she has to keep her mouth shut but <laughs> but <laughs> nevertheless uh coach willis and uh miss olsen hear that and they walk over to the door and then all of a sudden uh they open the door and uh, Casey takes like a like that uh, flagpole, the, like the flagpole for the, the, you know, the flag that you keep inside the room or whatever, uses that to knock them over so they can run out of there. Right. Yeah. Was <laughs> and, it? Um, yeah. Yeah. A, a, a mop, mop pole. Right. Or a, a handle. Yeah. I thought it was a flagpole with the yeah. American flag on it. Oh, but, OK. 
but I could be wrong. I mean, definitely they use a pole. Let's put it that way. Yeah. They use a pole. Lock, <laughs> the and then they run out, and then they run into Principal Drake, who's looks a lot better than what she did when she was attacked in the first sequence of the oh, movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. And I remember she was stabbed multiple times by the by that woman by the yeah. anyway. Yes, but yeah, she she's healed quite well. <laughs> yeah, and, and and asking what's going on around here, and then of course the two students are like, "We just saw them attack the nurse," and then the nurse exits out of the room. Well, also like, the history her- teacher pops up, and he is looking very um, sober. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Oh yeah, Mr. Tate. He's he's like, "What's yeah, going what's, on, what's fellas? What's going on around here? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I haven't had." my flask for a few minutes here but, <laughs> and then so the students are trying to tell them that uh, the nurse has been attacked and possibly killed by uh the coach and uh, miss olson but when they turn around uh suddenly uh the nurse is looks like she's completely a-okay and then of course i and i i love it though too in a normal movie circumstance, the the two student characters would be trying to bargain their way out of this whole thing. Right. No, what does Casey say? Let's just run. And run! run out of there. <laughs> <laughs> and, they, and they split up. So now... Well, Dr- gets... Dr- Brewster's character leaves Casey far behind because Casey fell. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And she kept but, going. <laughs> right, but nevertheless... So... Uh, Delilah, uh, Delilah, she runs away. Yeah. And Casey is just like, you know, trying to figure out what he's going to do. And then he eventually gets his dad involved, played by Christopher McDonald. And his dad apparently is the, the local police uh, investigator. So, or what, or, or whatever, I, I believe. Yeah. Actually, you know what? Was his dad the, the I don't, police investigator? Because I don't know. they I, never really I, point out. I thought he was. It's possible. I I didn't catch that part. He again. He didn't have that much screen time to really. Uh, I just count him as Casey's dad. I'm like, he, yeah. He, I mean, that's just all he's credited. That's actually all he's credited as is Casey's dad. Yeah. So I wouldn't but, say he's like a detective, but I could be wrong. Yeah, but I thought he was too. I actually thought he was when he came in there. Like, I'm bringing that's, in these two police officers with me to find out what's going on. You know. <laughs> yeah, I don't think so. I think they, but, they do. They do call the police, but yeah, I don't so think the police he. Show- so the police show up, you know, and and everything is fine. And uh, uh, Casey's dad thinks his son is probably on something. So does the mother, too. And, you know, not, basically everything is A-OK. There's no suspe- suspicion of foul play or anything or any kind of murder. Well, because, yeah, because the body they find in the faculty... Uh, broom closet or storage closet it turns out to be a resuscitate Annie doll. So they <laughs> so so they had moved the body <laughs> somewhere. Yeah, they moved the body somewhere. So and then uh, uh, BB Newworth's uh, character, the principal, takes one of the officers into her um, into her office to call the nurse at home and call the other teacher at home to say that they're okay. And she infects the police officer. So. We don't see that that happens off screen, but yeah. <laughs> so now the cops are involved. <laughs> yep. And of course, so so Casey and his dad and the mother go home, and of course they immediately are I like, want well, drugs. <laughs> yeah. So, so yeah. So they're immediately like, okay, that's it. You're grounded. You know, and it's like, <laughs> check, check it, the though. bindings of his books. That's where the, all the keep where the kids keep their drugs. I'm like, yeah, okay, yeah, okay, yeah. Nancy Reagan, slow down. <laughs> and, then, and then you know, so they said. No internet, which I thought was funny because I'm like, wow, 98? 
Yeah. That's how far that went back, yeah. man. No, no AOL. Uh oh. <laughs> yeah. Well, that was that was during dial-up and everything. Yeah. Although it was neat seeing that that computer he had with the Apple logo on the side of it. You know, <laughs> who would have thought that would have became what it would have became today? You know, right. but nevertheless, I, honestly, I think was it ninety eight, ninety nine. I think uh, wasn't it more Gateway than Apple? <laughs> Probably, but I mean, but who God, knows? It was so long, yeah. Yeah. But, ne- but product anyways, placement, baby. Product placement. <laughs> and I love how. This is what I love about this too. They're gonna leave him alone in his room, and they tell him no phone, no internet, no computer, no and nothing. Take his porn under his bed. Yes, <laughs> and, 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 his and, porno and, mags. And the dad is like, "Oh, no porno." And he grabs the porno, and then he's like, "He's like, well, I guess you won't be uh, yanking the bishop today." Yeah, yeah flogging the bishop, polishing the bishop, or flogging the bishop. <laughs> but I love how they don't berate him over it. He's just like, "Okay, fine. We're just gonna take this away from you." <laughs> they, they, they don't even like get too angry about it. You, you, know, you know what, mom and dad, the internet has porn, right? <laughs> well, but back then it probably took like eight, eight hours it's to download a picture. <laughs> I think I see a nipple. <laughs> and it was all pixely and shit. And you <laughs> we're almost there. We're almost oh, internet went out. Oh my god, the ethernet. <laughs> the ethernet. Okay, grandma. <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me. Look, you know, Tim. For any of our loyal listeners out there, for those of you who never, who never grew up in 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 the nineties, yes. In order to see stuff like that, it was all dial up, and it took like forever. <laughs> so. Well, for one, you, you had to, unless you were super duper, uh, you know, you had some money to throw around. You had to unplug your phone line, plug in your uh, computer line into your landline, then dial up, and then you hear that wonderful screeching that you, you'll hear at the beginning of every one of our episodes, yeah. and um, then you're logged on. And and, and, and and pretty much every kid then said to themselves, fuck this, I'm just going to go to my local bookstore and just, you know, steal a porno mag. <laughs> because by the end of the day, that was probably the most easiest, that was probably yeah. the easiest choice. Yes. I'm going to Barnes & Noble, I'll be back in a minute. <laughs> Well, that's funny though too. They that was back in the day when they used to carry yeah. stuff. Yes, that's what I'm saying. I, I yeah. Knew, yeah. <laughs> back when it was very relevant, <laughs> now it's just not. But anyway, yeah, so. you, you always knew you were going to special parts of the magazine section rack where they had it darkened and with the black things, and you could just see the Playboy hustler busty gut busty you know, gals. You know what, no, you know what though? I will say this. Though. I remember one time being at Barnes and Noble many years ago when they did that, but it wasn't any. It wasn't in the black. Uh, it wasn't covered in black. It was seen through a clear through bag, you know, the, I forget what you call it, the glycine bag or whatever the hell yeah. it was. But I mean, you had to open the bag in order to, to, to pull right. out and look no, at it. But, but the, the, yeah, <laughs> I remember that there, there was a time where you, there was a, like a, 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 a little black divider and you couldn't even see, you just have to, you know, sheepishly go up to the person and say, I need that magazine. <laughs> <laughs> Do as you opposed, really? <laughs> as opposed to video stores where you just went in the back of the front. <laughs> And then then what you do is then you rent a bunch of other movies and stuff, put it on top of that. So you've got like, you know, Indiana Jones. Oh, you did that too, right? Yeah. yeah. Oh, you're (laughs) renting renting Care Bears, Indiana Jones, Star Wars, and oh, this. (laughs) Yeah, you're Ron Jeremy's great in this thing, man. (laughs) Jenna Davis too. (laughs) But um, yeah, so nevertheless, so, so uh, I like this too. I like how this goes. So, um, Casey is grounded. Yes. So he ends up sneaking out of the window and he's going to jump off the roof, but he mm-hmm. sees the shadowy uh, silhouetted figures of the coach and uh, Miss Olsen. 
Mm-hmm. And uh, I believe Principal Drake standing there watching yeah. him. Yeah. So he's like, you know, oh, sh- you know, oh shit, I, I better, you know, I got to escape. He jumps off the roof and he falls into the bushes. And then all of a sudden, his guess who shows comes, up? His, his dad, dad comes right out. <laughs> yeah. I'm oh, taking... I, okay, go on. And I forgot to mention to it. Yes. I, I, for the record, folks, we apologize if we're jumping around like this, but sometimes something does come back to, you know, come back to us here that we have to point out. Before all this began, um, Casey found, was out in the football field, and he finds this shriveled, dried up Oh, we're going thing. way back. Yeah, we're going, okay, yeah. We're yeah, going yeah. Like 20 minutes, well, okay. And, and, she, and, he, and he brings it to um, the uh, science teacher, uh, Mr. Furlong, played by uh, John Stewart. Stewart, who takes a look at this thing and he's like, oh, I don't know what it could be. It could be a, a new species you found. And, you know, and everybody there is like, think oh, of the grants we could get and the money. Don't, and don't say anything. Don't tell him I'm t- sending this off. <laughs> yeah. 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 He's like, so like, yeah, think the grant money we can get. Don't tell anybody about this. Okay. <laughs> but Stuart puts water on it. And then the thing suddenly comes back alive. Oh, no, it was it. by accident because, um, Oh yeah, it was by accident. Yeah, because I think, I think uh, Usher's character said something to, um, the goth chick and the goth chick pushed him and he knocked over a beaker of water or a, a carafe right. of water. Yep. And it fell onto the thing and then all of a sudden it came back alive. Yeah. So Stuart puts the thing in the water tank to see what happens. And then all of a sudden it splits off into two and you know, he goes to check its prostate. The thing bites his hand. Yeah. 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 And I love it. He, he just yells, fuck. And he goes, I'm all right. <laughs> goes, what, what? And then Elijah Wood goes, what kind of parasite has teeth? Yeah. <laughs> So of course Stewart's character's like, I'm gonna send this off to the university and have them look at it and blah 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 blah. Only if he did, he never yeah, got only a chance. He, yeah. But then, so anyway, so then the next so anyway, to go back to what we were talking about. So the next day, um uh Casey goes back to school and he's kind of apprehensive about the whole thing because he thinks, you know, something weird is going on at the school, people are acting weird, it's not quite as normal as it used to be i mean that couple that used to fight now all of a sudden they're all they're all lovey-dovey towards each other the, well, you, know, well, the, you know at one point weren't they wasn't the guy just being very like dismissive and the girl was just like smacking him and he's just yeah 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 and, then, yeah. and then later on they're like all in well, love with each other like everything's just fine it's like what right. the fuck yeah. and in the meantime um there's a scene where um uh, Mr. Tate, the uh, history teacher played by uh, Daniel Von Bergen, uh, he walks in the class and you, know, you can clearly tell that he is not his normal self because he's not drinking. And uh, he's alert. He's alert <laughs> and he slams a book on his table. And he says, all right, class, listen up. We're going to do a little assignment. I want I want us to all do our own case family history, starting from here, 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 here. <laughs> yeah. and, I want and phone it, numbers and all this other stuff. I and know, addresses. Yeah. I'm like, okay. And, like, and, and the kids are like so clueless about this. Like, is, is there a reason why we're doing this or anything like that? You know, <laughs> and the teacher. Gets, That's like, not a, a breach of any answer. kind of any kind of laws or anything like that at all. Oh, yeah, absolutely not. <laughs> School policy, laws. That nah, doesn't right, matter. Right. And then eventually. <laughs> Casey runs into uh, Delilah. She's wearing a disguise, which consists of her wearing glasses and putting her hair up. She's like, I'm incognito. And it's like, what the f- You haven't worn glasses since the second grade. <laughs> right, right. She goes, yeah. And she goes, I have to be in disguise. I don't want anybody finding me. I'm like, oh, my God. Come on. That's the worst disguise ever. That's worse than Larry David and Curb Your Enthusiasm. Come on. <laughs> but nevertheless, so she... 
She's pu- she's pulling a, a Superman Clark Kent kind of thing. She's putting on the glasses and you know changing her hairstyle. Nobody will know. <laughs> yeah, next she'll tear off her shirt and it says Supergirl underneath it. <laughs> so, uh, and then there's a moment too where um, what was it? Um, so Zeke is sort of taking a liking to Mary Beth, the new student. Mm-hmm. And they're kind of, and there's a scene where they're talking outside where they're walking and they're noticing. And they're, and even Zeke himself is kind of sort of noticing that, you know, the things just don't seem right around here lately. It's not a, not kids a normal thing. Kids are very thirsty and uh, people are not acting yeah. themselves. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody is just drinking uncontrollably. <laughs> I mean, Amounts of water. Oh yeah. The water. Tons and tons of water. Tons of water. So, I mean, it's already a clue here that something's not quite right. And, um, and then there's another moment where um, Casey is talking to Stokely about the whole thing. He says, just, he's just like, things aren't right around here. Something weird's going on. And they're talking to the library. And uh, they're positing the idea that maybe their teachers are taking over, by, taken over by aliens. And, uh, you know, Stokely is kind of like a science fiction literary uh uh, authority and she mentions invasion of the body snatchers and then you know and then i okay. would also like to th- throw out the movie the thing from yeah. john carpenter as well personally but <laughs> particularly with one sequence that happens later on but we'll get to that yes 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 i'm glad you picked up on that it was very blatant <laughs> but uh I, and i love this i love this scene too they're talking in the library they're not even talking that loud but one of the people shushes them and then it cuts back to another person later on holding up a sign saying and quiet please, please. <laughs> yeah <laughs> what the what's going on here man <laughs> it's like well, the she, perfect she could be possessed show. too she could be possessed by the the the, uh, the evil space parasites too <laughs> yeah yeah but never so casey does mention to stokely that hey you know what this uh i did find this weird parasite looking thing that uh is supposed to be in the science lab in the tank and then of course so stokely and Del- and uh casey and delilah and stand the football player head off into the uh, science lab. Uh, the teacher's not there, and they notice that the parasite is gone. They have no idea where it goes. And once again, they're positing theories about the possibility of an alien invasion, and um, there was a line about how, well, why would they want to take over the school, and what was it, Tim? It was like, why it's easier oh, to go yeah, to... Yeah, why, uh, if you're going to take over a planet... Instead, wouldn't it be easier instead of blowing up the the White House or you know to, you know coming in through with a big bang and just sneak in the back door and just subtly take over? Yeah, and you know, talk about timeless at that time too. Uh, they mentioned Independence Day in the same yeah, context. Yeah, well, yeah <laughs> but, but blowing up the White House with yeah, because Independence Day style. Like, why would you want to blow it up Independence Day style when you could just sneak it, just, in the back door? Yeah, and not and not have to do half the violence. And although I gotta <sighs> say though. A high school, particularly one that's dilapidated like this, it's like well, okay. I so mean, they, there's a reason why they picked Ohio is because right, it's right in the smack dab of a, of Americana, right in the middle of America. They could branch out left, right, up, and down. <laughs> they got it. 
So in other words, they're they're invading Cleveland, is what you're yes. saying. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> because if you want to take over the planet, you go through Cleveland. <laughs> go to Cleveland. I mean, yeah. I mean, it's so hap- it's so happening over there, man. <laughs> hey, they got the they got the they got the uh, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame and uh, Canton. Uh, or no, that's yeah, Canton um, for uh, the, the Hall of Fame for football. So there you go. <laughs> Maybe they're sports and music fans. <laughs> and then eventually. Um, Zeke and Mary Beth enter in the room because they both go into the uh, supply room next door. Apparently, Zeke is looking for some more um, material for his uh, homemade drugs that he's, he's making. He's, go- he's going shopping. Yeah, and he's got a list. <laughs> and the drugs he's making are is basically it's basically aspirin with a bunch of other shit, and he puts it in like big pens and it's, he it's, snort it uh, like cocaine or whatever. It's, it's aspirin and it's um, like almost like no dose. Uh, yeah, it's, it's a it's a it's a coffee. Um, uh, stimulant pill. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so yeah. So in other words, he's not working with like fine Colombian cocaine. He's got to he's got to use homemade pro- home based products off the counter shelf. <laughs> well, you know, if you're, um, if you're selling for the the pens for about five bucks a pop, that's a pretty good yeah, uh, turnaround. <laughs> that's true, especially VHS porno of uh, Jennifer Love Hewitt. <laughs> you know, talk about you know, I I love how you know. Yes, this was from 1998. So the references are dated, but I love how they all just come back. They yeah. all just come back. It's like I can't believe that was something they put in the movie. Yeah, <laughs> it's, was it? Was there something about that that was that was like I don't know relevant at the time? <laughs> well, Jennifer Love Hewitt, Neve Campbell, and all those chicks in the in the late nineties uh, they they all had the it factor. They were. It would have been better. It would have been better if he said, "Here's the tape of Scream, the X-rated cut." <laughs> you know. <I> mean, <laughs> oh man. Yeah. But, but... Uh, okay, so they're all. So, anyways, they're all together in the room, and they're trying to like, you know, figure out what's going on. And then all of a sudden, uh, Mr. Tate. No, it's not Mr. Tate. Uh, Mr. Furlong, played by John Stewart, enters the room and. He's looking a little more, um, I guess you can say, a little more dapper than usual. He looks like he's a little more cleaned up, uh, wearing his nice lab coat, looking like he's actually there doing his job, and uh, asking the students, so what's going on? And, you know, they pretty much admit, yeah, we think that maybe aliens are taking over the school. And and where's the the little critter from uh, before? Did you say? And he goes, "Oh yeah, I sent it off to the university." I'm like, "No, you didn't." <laughs> and I love it. I love when he goes. He, you know, when they mention the whole alien invasion concept, you know, Stewart's character just walks over to the door and just locks it, pulls down the blinds, pulls the down. Like, hmm, what are you talking about? <laughs> and then let's rap, children. <laughs> Yeah, but then there's no cat and mouse game going on here because all of a sudden John Stewart pretty much tells tells them, you know what? Why don't we just take care of this and it'll be less painful for all of us or whatever. Yeah, it is. right. And then, oh, I love this. I love big fight sequence and Josh Hartnett grabs the paper cutter, you know, that big paper cutter that you use to pull the the blade down, yeah. and he rips it out of the side. Like he's Conan the, the Barbarian. I'm like, and he turns around and chops off. Um, John Stewart's fingers, and all of a sudden, weird tentacle tendrils are shooting out of there. There and are then, so many wrong, things about that is so wrong, but go on. <laughs> and they, and I, I, it was either Josh Hartnett's character, or um, I, or perhaps um, uh, Elijah Wood's character takes the, uh, the 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 big pen with a drug in it and shoves it in the John Stewart's eye, and then mm-hmm. all of a sudden, Stewart's character just you know. 
just you know starts like spitting out uh, baking soda powder from his yeah. eye and his mouth, and then just falls down and dies. And, okay. <laughs> and then they gotta, and then they're like, "All right, we gotta get out of here." And they get out, and then they're trying to leave the school what, what, but as what, they're walking. What, what's the drug know, that that Zeke's peddling? What's the, the the name of the drug? Um, is it um, not Nodo? Is it uh, is it Zip call, Zip? Um, you call it Scat. Scat, Scat. There you go. Okay, so, go on. So they're walking out in front of the parking lot, and they're noticing that it seems like everybody in the school is not quite who they are, and they're all except drinking them. bottle waters except them. And it's like a so you, weird. So you get men- all yeah, yeah, okay, go on. It's like a weird mental mind game. Like, you know, are we safe or right. whatever it is? It's all the weird. eyes are all the eyes are on them. Basically, yep. everyone's uh-huh. watching every move. Um, but can I, I'm just 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 to go back to the point where where, where Zeke rips the um the the um the, the paper cutter the, the blade off the paper cutter. You know, I've worked with many of a paper cutter <laughs> in my day, and those things are not only he- are very heavy. You're not going to rip it off, and especially in a in a fashion like that. You, what's going to happen is you're going to drop it on your foot, and then you're going to cut yourself with the blade on your thigh. That's going to fucking happen. You know, that would have been funny if that happened. <laughs> he did drop it on his foot, and then like he didn't cut himself, but he had to like fight like like, like hell to get that off. Like and, John Stewart was looking and, at him. And why those things are sharp? They're not sharp enough to cut off all four fingers all at once like that. Yeah, it's yeah. not a machete blade. <laughs> yeah, but you know what though? It is a nice scene, just the same. It, 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 it is, it is. But it made Even, me chuckle, especially when those little fingers were moving towards Mary yeah. Beth, and she was like, "Oh my god!" <laughs> yeah, oh Mary Beth, you're quite the actress. <laughs> so, so then they leave and they go to. Um, they go to Zeke's house, uh, where his family is apparently. He, I love how the parents in these in this movie are so not present. It's well, like apparently, apparently, the, apparently, that's a, that's a running thing for because we don't know where Zeke's mom is or dad. They're apparently very well off because she could be in Italy, she could be in the south of France, she could be, you know, traveling on the Orient Express for all we know. Yeah, but we don't know anything about Stokely's parents or. Yeah. Delilah's parents that much. There's not enough or, time, man. <laughs> I know, yeah. Or Stan's parents. I mean, we saw Casey's parents like for like six minutes, and then that was it. Right. But so, nevertheless, they get there, and um, they take one of the little parasites that uh, John Stewart had coming out of him when he was trying to infect one of the characters, and they dissect it, and then they 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 feed it to a little rat where the it takes over the rat character, little rat. And then I love how Hartnett has to kill the rat so he can dissect the rat mm-hmm. and see where the parasite is inside the rat. Mm-hmm. So he dissects the rat and he notices that there's no moisture inside the rat. And of course, the human body is made up of about, I think, like 60 or 70 percent of water. Yeah. So the parasites are living off the water in human beings. And that is why they have to constantly keep drinking water. So that explains that aspect mm-hmm. of the movie. They have to pee a lot. Jesus. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> so then they find out that the drug um, uh, sucks the moisture out of the water and right. it kills the parasite. Yeah, because yeah, so, ca- ca- caffeine is a diuretic and it's a it dries out stuff. So if you're if the main ingredient is caffeine pills, then yeah, that'll do it. <laughs> so then now they figure out a way to destroy the aliens, but they have to figure out. Well, in theory, if they kill the queen bee. That is unleashing these parasites to do their to her, to do her bidding and take over people. If they kill the leader, then the parasites would die. 
that's basically the theory on pretty much any science fiction book. Hell, it's practically the theory from it's practically the concept from Aliens, you know, where they have to kill the queen that's laying the eggs. So, right. so but now, and this is where we mentioned the thing. Um, Fucking great movie. I love that yeah, movie. Yeah, great movie. And I and I give Rodriguez credit for this because, you know, interesting that he has to use this concept for it. But now, now the characters are kind of wondering about themselves. You know, like, are we who we say we are? You know, how how are we? Like, because they're because they notice that all the male character teachers that they know of are we're all acting different. You know, mm-hmm. so how do we know? So how do they know that they're not one of their friends isn't infected? You know, because um, Delilah says, oh, yes, Dan, you were so happy to be playing on the football team. And now just recently you wanted to be, wanted to quit the team. And, right. you know, that's isn't a, that, that odd? You know? Isn't that, that, yeah, that's not, uh, yeah, that's not crazy at all to, for your personality yeah, yeah. to change like that. Yeah. Yeah. Or for Delilah to go home and uh, not, not contact uh, Casey. And then she's coming back looking different wearing the glasses and the yeah. hair up. Or um, Mary down. Beth, yeah, or or, yeah, or or Mary Beth. Oh, hey, Mary Beth, you're the new student here. You just happened to come here the first day. This has all been going on, you know. Yeah. So they're all getting suspicious of each other. So now they have to do. If you remember in the movie The Thing, where Kurt Russell has everybody grouped together and they do the blood test in the faculty, basically, um, they all decide they got to take uh, Zeke's homemade drug. To scat. see scat. scat to see if uh you know you know they are who they say they are. So they all start taking it and then eventually it comes down to Mary Beth and uh, Delilah and they're both kind of doing a little bit of a showdown. Yeah, and me- meanwhile, uh Casey and Zeke and uh the football star are all rolling on uh on scat. They're just like tweaking. <laughs> they're higher than a Georgia pine. <laughs> right, right. So then they're coming up to the big moment here, and then of course the two girls take it, but then uh, Delilah stops herself because it turns out she's infected. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and you see all these things rumbling under her face, and uh, she fl- she freaks out. She destroys the lab and destroys most of the scat, and uh, that comes into play later. And uh, she uh, takes off. And what what I find funny is that. Um, is that when she takes off and she leaves uh, Zeke's house, who's driving the getaway car? <laughs> Who picks her up? Oh, um, it was the uh, oh shit. Piper Laurie. Oh, it was yes, yeah. it was her. Okay, and they take yeah, off. Yeah. So yeah, so it's like they're so close to um, nabbing these kids. <laughs> so now the the remaining uh, characters, uh, Stan, <laughs> Casey, uh, Stan, Casey, Stokely, and Mary Beth and Zeke, they have decided they decided they're going to have to put an end to this whole thing and they so they get what the rest of the drugs that they have the scat and uh, they're heading over to the school and they're like because well it's friday night it's a football game everyone's gonna be the whole town's gonna be there basically yeah 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 and, and they said and what, what would be the perfect place for the queen bee to be at to make sure things are going on and they suspect the queen bee might be principal drake so um so they go to the football game, and it's like this great montage sequence of like you know the the playing going on, and and uh, uh, Coach Willis's team, who's also infected with the parasite, are playing very 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 violently towards right. the opposing team, and infecting the opposing team during as well. every every tackle. They're like holding yep. the guys down and inside the uh, not the huddle, but inside this you know the the tackling mass of 
humanity. <laughs> and they're just spitting out these little worms and, and, and parasites into each into the opposing team's um, helmets. So, yeah, so, by, by halftime, it's going to be really fun. <laughs> right. So then the kids end up in the, in the gymnasium and uh, they eventually run into Principal Drake. And, you know, she's like, what's going on here? Are you, what are you doing here? You shouldn't be here at this time. And they put a net over her. And they're going to try to force her to take the drug, but um, she won't do it. And, of course, um, Casey has his doubts. He's like, I don't know. I don't think this is right. And then doesn't uh, – like she tries to get away, but Zeke, he like shoots her in the head, I believe. Yeah. No, it, it's was – was it her or was it uh, the Vols character? No, she, I think no. I think it was Zeke because he had the gun most okay. of the time. Okay. Yeah, maybe it was possibly Zeke. Yeah, okay. So he shoots. She he shoots the teacher. Now, of course, they're like, "Oh my god!" Because you know, even if she wasn't infected, great. Now you're in first degree murder over here. But but luckily for them, she is infected, of course, and she comes back to life. And then they and then uh, Mary Beth takes all of the drug and throws it at uh, Principal Drake's face. And then suddenly she starts convulsing and she dies and the body like dissolves and everything. And they think, okay, maybe we killed the Queen Bee, but we got to find out. So. Stan, the football player, goes out to check, and he sees the he. I like the shot. He runs out and sees the coach and them standing out in the rain, and uh, those weird tentacle things are coming out of their face and everything. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. <laughs> so, so it turns out no, they didn't kill they didn't kill the queen bee, and Stan gets infected and gets a the parasite takes over him. So mm-hmm. now he's he's out oh Stan. <laughs> God damn it, Stanley. Yes. So. so Old Laurel and Hart, old Laurel and Hardy, but oh, Stanley, what have you done now? <laughs> so, there, so the remaining team, Casey, Stokely, Mary Beth, and Zeke, are trying to figure out what they're going to do. And Zeke realizes he might have some more of the uh, scat in his car, but it's out in the parking lot, and they got to go out there and get it. So Zeke and Casey head outside. Uh, Casey serves as a distraction, so the football team chases him while Zeke goes to the car. And there's a moment, too, where Casey goes inside an abandoned bus and he hides out. But then conveniently, Delilah is there and tries to yeah. come on to him. Now, how did Delilah know what bus or how, you know, what bus Casey was going to get into? You know, uh, we're like 80 minutes into the movie. I don't think it really matters <laughs> at this point. If, if we're questioning that logic now, you know what? We, we should hey stop there, watching. Delilah. What's that thing growing on your face? <laughs> <laughs> but nevertheless, so Casey manages to escape that trap. And in the meantime, Zeke is going to his car oh. and he opens his trunk. And then who shows up to uh, try to try to come on to him? A very uh, alluring Framke Jensky. Or, or yeah, Fram- how do you say her name? Famke Jensen. Yeah, yeah Jensen, Jensen. Who's yeah. Uh, plays the role of Miss uh, Miss Burke, the English literature teach, literature teacher. And she's and, hot to trot now, baby. <laughs> oh yeah! In fact, she was asking about the cherry flavored condoms. And, <laughs> I was thinking of something. He goes like, "Would you like something chocolate for?" She was. I was thinking something more. More cherry flavored. <laughs> oh, God. I know, yeah. And of course, Hartnett's character realizes, okay, yeah, something's not right here. And he grits inside the car and tries oh, to drive tries to drive away. But... I, love, I love that car. That, can anyone just say something about, real quick about Josh Hartnett's car that he drives throughout yeah. this movie? That 1970s Pontiac GT 
PTO, man, that thing was cherry. Oh, and what happens to it is a travesty. A travesty. Yeah, but oh. what happens to Famke Jansen is much more of a travesty. Yeah, but that's all right. <laughs> She'll be fine. <laughs> well, she crashes through the window and tries to attack him, and then he decides to crash the car, and she goes flying out of it. Well, safety <laughs> first. He did put a seatbelt on before he crashed, ran, ran into a bus at, you know, 50 miles an hour. <laughs> right. That explodes. I mean, talk about perfect, you know, action movie cliche. Yeah. <laughs> and her body goes rolling outside. <laughs> yeah, oh, but as Josh Hart's character, who's slightly injured, is staggering out of the car, what what does he see, Tim? It was actually <laughs> her her head on top of these like tentacle, like like octopus tentacle legs, running towards her decapitated body, who's just standing there, looking like something out of like maybe like an Adams Family or uh, kind of like silly. Uh, kids movie you know like oh, you watch the head get, get reattached to its body <laughs> i think they cut away just at that same point but <laughs> yeah it was... yeah and then of course it's it's like the perfect reference to the thing if you remember that moment yes kurt russell and the, the and he says you gotta in the one guy says you gotta be fucking kidding me <laughs> it's the same thing here <laughs> and i love how josh Hartman says i have to get out of here man <laughs> fuck this <laughs> 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 sorry, sorry, dear listeners. That's, that cannot be pleasant for you guys to listen to me cough, but I apologize. I'm trying to get over a cold. Go on. So then, um, as it turns out in the gymnasium, uh, we have uh, Mary Beth and Stokely sitting together, mm-hmm. and they're trying. They're sort of talking, and, and they're trying to figure out about the whole thing about the queen bee. And then it turns out. Surprise, surprise, Tim. The queen bee is Mary Lou. Beth, what, what was it, Mary Lou? Uh, no, it's Mary Beth. Mary Beth. Mary Beth Hutchinson. Mary, Mary Beth Hutchinson from Arkansas, or some southern state. I think it was Arkansas. She reveals her true self, which is this weird tentacle, fanged creature thingy with some of the most ropiest CGI ever. But, you know, again, yeah. it was the best that was 1998 could offer. So, And, and I want to just say something real quick here. The thing that chases – okay, so – they ch- so they ended up in the in the in the uh, the, the aquatic area of this yeah, the, the, the uh, high school the pool, and uh, it goes diving through the water. Now, chlorine is a chemical, and it wouldn't wouldn't the chlorine dry that out because chlorine has a tendency to dry out things. But she was assuming ah. like it was no problem. The chlorine chlorine is a, is is a chemical that yes it it's a it's, it kills a lot of different bacteria but also dries shit out so if by that logic she should have, like she probably committed suicide by jumping into the pool <laughs> yeah but you know what though considering that the entire school staff has been fully infected they might have exchanged that for pure water I can see that happening. Or salt water, yeah, sure, okay. <laughs> but I don't know. You know but, uh, what, like I said, we're like 80 minutes into this movie yeah, yeah. at this point. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Chris keeps giving me the timeline, like, the, uh, yeah, all right, we've already we've already bought this far into it, just keep going, just go with it, basically. <laughs> yeah, well, my rule is, if the first five minutes are too ridiculous to, to, to believe, then yeah, you're probably going to tune out of it, but, but if you're, but if you remain for the, for the, first like again like the, the 80 minutes of the movie and then once when the logic starts kind of getting logic gaps start kicking mm-hmm. in the kicking in the gear you're pretty much halfway over with the movie so you might as well just run with it <laughs> yes but anyway so so the alien is chasing stokely and 
and uh, oh, and uh, Casey, and um, dives into the water and manages to grab Stokely and pull her in, mm-hmm. and but but she manages to get out, mm-hmm. and then it turns out uh, that. Uh, uh, Stokely is now infected with the parasite, and now she's she's now taken over. And mm. then I love the part where Zeke enters into the room and he finds Mary Beth na- naked, yeah, like, and she's why to, you, like, "Why are you naked?" Yeah, she's trying to convince Zeke that uh, that, 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 that uh, Stokely is, is the, the queen. It, yeah, not her. He's like, oh, "Okay, that's great, but why are you naked?" She's like, "Do you see anything you like?" Yeah. <laughs> That's not the point here. Why are you naked? <laughs> I love how Hartnett's character isn't, isn't isn't fooled by that. He's pretty much like, no, that's that. So <laughs> no, he's not. No, he's not that dumb, thankfully. Yeah. But nevertheless, Hartnett's character gets knocked out, and now Casey's all on his own, and he's got the leftover drug, and um, he's he's it, it all comes to a head when back into the gymnasium where he like goes to underneath the bleachers, I believe, and then he sets off the automatic thing where it right. goes. Where they where they retract inside. Yes. So the alien creature runs right through and gets stuck, and then it vomits out those um, parasite things onto uh, Elijah Wood's face. But he manages to stab the scat into the monster's eye, and then the creature dies, mm-hmm. and the parasites die off of him, and everything's a okay. <laughs> no, you know I gotta say, but before this though, I really I love the. When Josh Hartnett's character interacts with Elijah Wood's character, he's like, he's like, and he wants him to take the drug again. And he's like, I already took it. Why, why am I doing this again? He's like, look, I'm gone for five minutes and everybody I know is already an alien. You're taking the fucking drug again. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so yeah, so so yeah, he 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 kills the the, the queen bee by pinning the, the 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 monster, the giant space slug, against the wall using yeah. the retractable. Um, uh, uh, stadium seating for the the bleachers for the for the gym, and uh, yeah, I, I I liked that. I thought that was pretty effective. I thought it was a lot. Yeah, of, that was fun sequence. But the, I will say this: the epilogue sequence t- leaves a lot of questions unanswered. One question, so it cuts to like one title, month later. One month later, <laughs> suddenly Robert Patrick is okay, but we don't know what happened to Piper Laurie's character or. Um, Vivi Newart's character. Well, she's yeah, probably, yeah. but she's she was stabbed, so she was. Well, probably... yeah, she was dead. Well, okay, we don't know what happened to Piper Laurie's character. We have no idea what happened to um, um, Danielle von Bergen's character. It just makes it look like Patrick's character is the only one that's survived. Not true. Well, yeah, yeah, not true. I, I should say of the staff, yeah. Mm. And there's like a news playing around in the background about how there was a mysterious disappearance of the some of the st- faculty of some of the faculty members. <laughs> and I'm like, well, okay, yeah, the principal, but then, or, or how about the nurse? We like, is she back to normal? The only one we see back to normal is like, uh, well, uh, it's Barbara Patrick's here. Oh, and we get us. So basically, now Zeke is playing on the football field. And he gets a wave from um, Famke Jansen's character. Turns out she's okay. Although, if you look very carefully, she's wearing a scarf around her neck <laughs> <laughs> or something. <laughs> like so. That's one big so, hickey. I mean, yeah. So, like, is, so is she really okay? I mean, she did manage to put her head back on, I guess, before the alien died. So, in her, so, but well, well, maybe the alien did, did some kind of reparative damage to the ligaments and the, you know, neck and the blood vessels and all that I stuff. Yes. But yeah, I mean, you, cause you, you would, assume, you would assume that BB Newith character, she was stabbed probably before she was infected. So I don't know. Once you're infected, maybe that 
kind of gives you a certain kind of I don't what know. kind of immunity is what you're I, thinking? I mean, like, immunity or, or, or something like that. You know, if you're not like, um, but again, again, they shot Baby Newark's character in the head after she was infected. Yeah, I mean, but is, but they, but they also put the but they also put the scatter which dried out her body, so she's dead. She's gone. Yeah, yeah. but we, but we never find out what happened to like I said, if Piper Laurie's character yeah. or Daniel von Bargen's I character, like, I those two, like those two, or Selma Hayek's character, right. are they both back to the I, 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 I would assume so because if they if their bodies didn't maybe um, go through a traumatic, uh, a violent act, possibly, but then that doesn't explain Jensen's character either. Then, <laughs> and, yeah. And, uh, so who knows? Sure. So, but nevertheless, so now things have changed in a month. Like I said, Zeke is now playing football. Um, Stan is out of the football team and he's dating Stokely. Mm-hmm. And now it turns out Casey is with Delilah. And, you know, basically things are back to normal, even though uh, I do believe uh, the FBI is I believe the FBI. No, no. The news media keeps showing up because right. um, Casey told this story to like the newspapers and the right. magazines and whatnot. Yeah. But the FBI denies that this whole thing has happened. <laughs> Good luck with that. Yes. <laughs> it's already on the and, news. Yeah. And then he's, uh, then he's being hounded to get, do another interview. And then uh, he asks uh, Brewster's character, well, is it local or, or national? She goes both. He was like, ah, things, uh, something about things changing or things never change or something like that. Or I don't know. They make some sort of silly comment. And then the, Something happens. I don't know. I forget. The movie ends, and then of course I noticed that uh, at the end of the credits, Elijah Wood gets like the lowest billing in this movie. Yeah. I mean, again, talk about like a, st- a shocker. I thought he would have more star power. Maybe not that. Maybe that. Not, maybe his star power wasn't as high as Hartnett's characters. Or, yeah, I or, could see uh, that. Or a star. Yeah. I mean, but yeah, I mean, kids. I mean, he definitely at that point had a bigger resume than Hartnett did. But now, that, now I would assume they're probably both evenly matched with you know film and TV credit roles, but um, yeah, so th- yeah, that's the uh, long and short of uh, the faculty. <laughs> yeah, and I, and I recommend it too. You know, I, I, I do give it two thumbs up. It is worth checking out. Oh, great. Um, yeah. hmm? I said, oh, great. You give it a oh. two thumbs You give it a thumbs up. Great. Yep. Okay. I, I too give it a thumbs up, um, but before we head into our fun fact, we did not give a thumbs up or thumbs down for student bodies. Oh, so. yeah. Well, I think it's pretty obvious that, uh, you know, maybe I was a little harsh on it. I mean, <laughs> I, I mean, I, I think it was. Uh, I mean, I, no, I'm sorry. Thumbs- <laughs> <laughs> sorry, I can't lie. I can't <laughs> no, lie it gets a thumbs down for me, too. I just I just remember that right now that we did not give, give. Usually you have a thumbs up, thumbs down rating. So, OK, so I think it was because we had so little to talk about with that movie. <laughs> I think maybe it was just so obvious that we did not like it. <laughs> and we just want to get out of the segment. <laughs> Yeah, we want to talk about a better movie. <laughs> yes. So uh, we agree. Uh, two thumbs down for um, student bodies and two thumbs up for the faculty. All right. <laughs> do you have anything else you'd like to add, sir? No, but I believe you do. Don't you have any trivia on this yeah, one? Yeah, I do have five, just five little fun facts. I had to really whittle this down because it could go on for a long time. But okay, five fun facts for the faculty. Well, say that five times really fast. Okay. <laughs> Number one, a lot of the filming was done at a high school in Lockhart, Texas. The football team was used and the city was told to show up for the football game and were given fake t-shirts to wear in the stands. 
Um, and number two, we've mentioned this, you mentioned this in your, uh, or when we talked about it, uh, the drug test scene is an homage to the blood test in the, in the thing from 1982. Uh, number three, in exchange for the product placement in this film for clother, clothing uh, company, Tommy Hilfiger's fashion line, the teens from the movie's cast appear together in the TV commercials and print ads campaigns for Tommy's jeans throughout 1998. Um, number four, we mentioned this before, I think, well, I don't know, maybe we talked about it off air, but this is Usher's film debut. <clears throat> number five, at around 11 minutes, when Casey... Uh, nurses his wounds in the bathroom at the beginning of the movie. Graffiti above his head reads Tito and Tarantula. This is the band of Tito Lavara, who composed the music and acted in, acted in the director Robert Rodriguez's other movies, Desperado from 1995 and From Dust Till Dawn in 1996. Ah, okay. So that's what we have for the five uh, little fun facts for the faculty. Uh, with that out of the way, unfortunately, we do not have a mailroom segment this time around. Damn but it! But I'm sure we'll have one or two more before the year is out. Yeah, um, <clears throat> yeah sorry. Boy, <clears throat> sorry, gentlemen, uh, boys and girls, ladies and, <laughs> boys and girls, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> children of all ages. Um, still going through some uh, laryngitis here. <clears throat> now, looking ahead, as always, we have something special in the works. So stay tuned for more info about that on our upcoming episode for November. As for our THSB season finale, we'll be covering the film Violent Night. <clears throat> so, for Chris Canning and THSP, I'm Tim Kaza. Thank you for choosing to spend a little part of your life listening to us. Have a great night, and let's chat soon. Thank you for listening to THSP Season 9. Oh, son of a bitch, 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 didn't you? <laughs> That's all, folks.